Now entering Nerdist.com. What's happening, weirdos? Uh, first and foremost, amazing news to share, or uh, maybe you already know, is that uh, Crashing has uh, got a third season. We were picked up. We were picked up, baby! Feeling it. Uh, ser- seriously feeling it. That's a stupid way to say it. But I'm very, very excited, obviously. Uh, I was so happy to share that news with everybody, and I'm so excited to be back. We're writing. We're already coming up with scripts and ideas for the third season, which is obviously a thrill um, I will give a disclaimer that pretty much the next, <laughs> we were waiting for a while, so the next maybe six episodes, you're probably going to hear like a Pete that sounds like he's waiting to hear about season three. That doesn't mean like low or anything, but I'm probably going to be talking about it a lot. It's probably going to be in a lot of my examples, uh, a lot of the uh, how are you, I'll probably talk about waiting and the uncertainty of waiting and all that sort of stuff. Um, so... Not apologies for that, but just a heads up. If you hear me saying that, it's because these episodes were recorded in the past and we're here in, in, the, pre- in the present. It, except you're going to hear this and it'll be the past. But right now it's my present. Oh, oh God. Anyway, uh, come see me at Largo. I bet we'll be able to squeeze in two more Largos before I go to New York. Uh, the next one is March 7th, um, 2018. That's a Wednesday. Uh, tickets at Largo-LA.com. I can't say who, but let's just say a uh, very, very, very special musical guest will be there. It's going to be incredible. I really, really can't wait for that one. And then I'm sure we'll have one in April as well. Uh, tickets at Largo-LA.com. Um, this is Vince Averill. I've known Vince for a very long time, and every time I see him out, uh, as I do, I always end up talking to him for hours and loving him. So I was like, let's do it. Let's, let's do a podcast. And here it is. He is one of the hosts of the podcast, the great, wonderful podcast, We Watch Wrestling. He's also uh, the tour producer, tour manager of uh, My Favorite Murderer, which is another huge, wonderful podcast. And he's just been a guy in the scene that I have known for a long time and always enjoy talking to. He's hilarious. So as I always say, let's get to it quickly. Um, there's no uh, official ad anymore. We're just doing Pete's Picks, which I'm glad to share with you. These are products that I love and use every single day. The first, I took a bunch because we were writing today. A bunch meaning two. That's not that bunch. That's not that bunch. Uh, Alpha Brain. Alpha Brain is a nootropic, which means it's like a uh, fish food for your brain. What do I normally say? Fish food for your ideas or your brain. It's, it's stuff, earth-grown ingredients that your brain feeds on that helps you with memory, concentration, and focus, recall, all that good stuff. Anything I do that involves my brain, which is a lot of different things, writing, podcasting, stand-up, meditation, uh, even if I'm going for some trippy, lucid dreams, I always take Alpha Brain 15 minutes beforehand. It's not a stimulant like coffee. It doesn't keep you up. It doesn't make you jittery. Uh, I wouldn't even say it gives you energy. It just gives your brain the nutrition it needs to function at a high level, and I swear by it. I panic when I don't have it. I always have some in my pocket, have some in my car, have some in my bag, and I want you to try it. And if you want, uh, I reached out to them. They gave us a discount to the listeners of the show. Go to onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com, 
uh, slash weird, and you will get 10% off your purchase. You'll see some other items on there like M- MCT oil and other things we've talked about from time to time. The other product that I love and also took today uh, is Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil, made by the Stanley Brothers, who did a wonderful episode of this podcast that was very interesting and trippy. Uh, these guys have made uh, hemp oil that is CBD, not uh, doesn't have any THC, or they very, very small amount of THC, like a negligible sub-perceptual amount of THC. But what you do feel is the CBD, which is the part of the plant that I associate with a general overall feeling of wellness, a happy, healthy glow. It's good for you in many, many ways. You can Google CBD oil benefits and then get Charlotte's Web Hemp Oil because it's the only one made with such care, meaning uh, it's the only one made from hemp that is grown for human consumption, not some industrial purpose or whatever. Uh, I love it. Uh, It's named after Charlotte, a little girl who was having seizures and CBD oil was the only thing that would help her. Uh, It's been featured in the documentary. I think it's called Weeds, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't get you stoned. It's wonderful. Uh, You can remain clear, alert, and functioning, but it just makes you a little bit easier uh, to... (laughs) (laughs) Makes it easier, I should say, to deal with life. Meaning happier, lighter, glowier, sillier. I love it. I swear by it. It's not an intoxicant. It's just something that I use to uh, make the day a little bit better. And I want you to try it. Go to cwhemp.com slash weird and use promo code keep it crispy and you'll get 10% off. The one that I use is Everyday Advanced because I like, I literally just take a couple drops of the Everyday Advanced because that's the strongest one. Mint chocolate is my favorite flavor. There's also Everyday Plus, which is uh, also going to be perceptual. Everyday is going to be sub-perceptual. So I I recommend the medium and the strong. Um, Try it. Try some Alpha Rain. Try some Charlotte's Web uh, and enjoy Vince Averill. So excited. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, crashing and helping with the ratings that had a big part to do with why we were picked up thank you for coming to Largo shows hope to see you on March 7th uh, and then again in April Largo-LA.com again amazing musical guest this month hope you can be there uh, please watch the finale of Crashing this Sunday uh, even though we're picked up it's one of my it's not like please please we're desperate but like I want you to watch it I want you to enjoy something that I worked very hard on it's on this Sunday at 1030 on HBO. You can also watch it on HBO Go. Uh, and if you're on the West Coast, you can watch it at 7.30 on HBO Go. Kind of kind of fun. All right, guys. Enjoy Vince Averill. Ooh, Vince had something that he told me. Let me make sure I get this correct because he had a plug. And he gets the dates wrong because we recorded this a little while ago. Here are the dates. If you want to come and see We Watch Wrestling live... Uh, They have a new location, different from what he mentions here. Saturday, March 10th, they're going to be in Chicago at the Beat Kitchen. And then Friday, April 6th, they're going to be in New New Orleans at the Always Lounge and Theater. At the Always Lounge and Theater in New Orleans. So check out Vince. Hope to see you guys at Largo or out. Thank you for all the love for crashing and enjoy this episode. Almost seven minutes. How How did I get so long? Val's not even here. And every moment I speak, it's just longer. I get into it. Good morning. Oh, it's Aristotle at the throttle. How are you, my vegan amigo? That's right, Vince. This is a vegan intervention. Oh, my God. That's what this podcast is. When Aristotle's here, it's all a thinly veiled attempt to get you to stop eating beef. We're going (laughs) plant-based. We're going to plants, baby. 
Like crashing a plane on a oh. lush island. You're going to go right into the plants. I feel bad, man, because I used to be a vegetarian. Oh, let's not even time. do it. Let's not even do it. All right. I can't have this podcast <laughs> plummet into the lower 3,000s because every goddamn episode we have to talk about fucking – uh, vegetarianism or ve- veganism, but you, right. you, you, we'll you, leave it. Yeah, well, I, we'll yeah. It. I, I, I know it's the better way. I know it's the better way. That's the well. Thing. That's the joke that we always say. Kumail, who's not, he eats he eats all the meats, all the sweet sure. meats. In fact, for the holidays, I got him a basket of sweet meats. Oh, that's not true. Oh. But uh, it is something I could have gotten him. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> he always says vegans or vegetarians or whatever are annoying mm. because they have a point or something like that. All like right. that's his joke. Uh, his joke. <laughs> but isn't that everything? Everybody knows something about something that you could or should be – like we should be exercising is a good one. Sure. Like I got up this morning and I was like, uh, I'm going to ejercicio. Did not. Mm. Should have. It's hard, man. I love animals except the one I'm encased in. Oh, <laughs> and you've been <laughs> no, battling it your entire life. <laughs> I do love him, but it's just hard to get him to move. Mm. Hit the hike trail, you old softy. You can. Do you have to drive to get to a hiking trail, or can you access one just like walk from where you're? Are at? we? Do we live near each other on the east I, side? Yes. Yeah. I I walk uh, up the hills. Yeah. The hills of our nabe. Oh, okay. So I, it's not like a proper hike. There's you don't go up into the woods. And shit. Yeah. Sometimes you see a wayward coyote. Man, the coyotes come down pretty south there if, when if, shit gets hard. When shit gets hard, yeah. They, they come looking for exactly me. I'm oh. like coyote lore. <laughs> that there's a heavy breathing, soft, labored hiker yeah. who loves to go alone with nothing to defend him. Who's just full of sweet meat. <laughs> he is sweet it. meat. Do, like, it's very Harry Carey SNL, but would you eat yourself if you were delicious? Like, I have a piece of you and it's delicious. Mm. You didn't feel me take it? Okay. I have it. I've grilled it. This isn't even vegan agenda. I'm sure. just like, would you be curious? Here's a better question. Would you be shocked if you're delicious? Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> I have been marinated in alcohol. <laughs> and I, it has to have taken an effect. The mosquitoes don't even mess with me anymore. Oh, that's funny. Uh, they've turned on me. They take so a I Johnny Walker in the other direction. I, I guess, tried. man. But I think the, the bottom of the thumb there, that's where you start. That seems like a good piece of Oh, like uh, nice seven. Piece of flesh if you had. Oh, is that what they do? Remember there? in seven? I have seen seven, but I don't recall the, the box other than the box. The right. box. What is in the box? Yes. I mean, that's the question we're all it's here not, to answer. It's not that part of the thumb. No, it's they, took, my they went higher. <laughs> they went higher on old Paltrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't, don't they, they don't show it. We all kind of have a mental image of what Paltrow's head looked like in that box. Yeah. What was the lining of the box? I suppose. <laughs> was it like a fast, <laughs> like a kind of a jokey lining? <laughs> now for a couple of days, my eyes won't close without an image of <laughs> poor woman's head. With like some sort of stripey yeah. festive lining. Uh, no, he makes a guy cut off a pound of flesh mm. of his own flesh. What a dark movie. And we just talk about it. Because it was a thing we all saw. We don't have to be like, sorry, this is weird. I we can laughed just be about like, it. We all had a good, well, Sloth coming back to life. No one needed mm. that. Mm. Not back to life. He was never dead. But uh, if you had to cut off, you'd go here. That I seems, think that's a good spot. That's to... muscle, though. You don't want to cut into muscle. Yeah. You want to cut into fat. So what are these we, what are, are the we... ABCs of self dissection. <laughs> you do not yeah. want to cut into muscle. Yeah. You want to go love handles. This is discussed in, in seven. You trim off love handles. Yeah. 
Maybe uh, boobs, mm. man boobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, what I want to say, and okay. I'm, uh, I'm sorry I'm a little jazz. I, as I said, I, I texted you I was late, because, and I'm never late. Aristotle? The smaller you. the cup of coffee, the more intense. Yeah, but there's actually less caffeine in a double espresso than oh. like if you get like one of those nitro mm. cold brews. Anything that's soaking. Yeah, I don't fool with that. Don't fool with it, fella. No, no. Are you not a coffee fella? I like coffee, but I don't uh, – I have a respect for the cold brew. I don't need to get the yeah, shakes. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Who needs it? I'm not a huge coffee person and I, I have a joke about that. But um, lately – You're going to share that with us now. I've been enjoying it. Oh, the joke is I don't drink coffee. I run on anxiety. Oh. I just feel like there are higher strung people that don't need <laughs> right, it. Right. <laughs> that don't need it. Sure. And then uh, I actually – I haven't been boozing. Okay. And then I just like – I guess I'll be a coffee guy. Okay. Like it's like you want some liquid yeah. that does something – well, being part of your day. Now I do it in the morning yeah. <laughs> instead of the evenings. Okay. And it's not – I feel like it's not uh, as bad. It's not nearly as bad, I don't think. Caffeine doesn't have a great effect on me. But for a long Tell time me. in my life, I never did any alcohol or any drugs or anything. Why is that? Um, I was I was straight edge. Like why? Hardcore. This edge. is what <laughs> – did we talk about this? Is that why so. we didn't know? <laughs> did you draw X's on your hands? Uh, there were certainly times when I had X's on my yeah, hands for sure. Yeah, with pride. Yes. Wait, were yes. you a part of the hardcore scene? I was, yeah. You were? You look like you were. I'd sip you up in a flight jacket. Non-racist skinhead. Sure, sure. sure. Non-racist. Well, I, I wanted to be a sharp, which is the sharp. skinheads against racial, racial, racial prejudice. Skinheads against racial prejudice. Yes. Sharps. But thankfully – When you're a sharp, you're a sharp all the way. A friend with an Arab and a guy who is gay – off the dome. But the only the, – the, the, <laughs> thankfully, my father saved me from a lot of shit like that where I was like, I'm going to be a sharp. And he said, you aren't going to be a Wait, sharp. Wait. Did you have siblings? Yes. And they just were like, go be a sharp? They, well, they – I don't even think they were aware. They were – like they're a little bit older than me and, and I don't think they were – What do you – how much? Over, like my brother's three. Four? Yeah, three. Yeah, and then three. my sister's like 11. Yeah, it's almost like you don't have siblings. You had like these two co-off, like office mates. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my brother spent a little time kicking the shit out of me, but – and then went about his way. But your dad – I mean, I never – you go back. I I, I didn't have a lot of bad haircuts. I didn't have like – I didn't make a lot of the the bad choices because I wasn't allowed to, right? Uh, But the thing about being a sharp is in those days, the only difference was the color of the laces on your docks. So like (laughs) – you're entering an area where there's actually racial skin, racist skinheads, and you're just walking in and being like, no, hold on. Check, Check the, the laces shoes. before Check you beat the, the shit the out of me. <laughs> Wait, they wouldn't want to beat the shit out of you. They would think you wanted to beat the shit out of someone with them. Well, right? in my experience with Nazi skinheads, they want to beat the shit out of everybody. Including themselves? Well, no. But my, my point being that uh, – But you were wearing a flight jacket and like – No, because I never did it. I never did. I, I wore a varsity jacket at a, at a certain point with an X on it. Really? For a hot minute. Fun. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Saying no I thanks thought I, to the champagne toast. I thought I knew, I thought I knew a better way. Tell me not. what – this is so funny because when I was a Christian, grew mm-hmm. up Christian. Am sure. I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. Grew up Christian <laughs> and um, then I got very into punk rock because one of the things that my Christianness didn't really a lot for was like <laughs> – Aggression and mm-hmm. like a lot of, I had a lot of aggression that, and there was no booze. There was right. no booze or drugs. Not saying that booze or drugs are uh, like long term solutions, but they sure do help blow off steam. Ain't no doubt about it. And I'm living in my house with my parents, and I don't know if you know my parents, but they're. <laughs> I saw them at, uh, what was the name of that place? Remember, I saw you Where? real quick right before your wedding. You were at a dinner at um, Mess Hall? Mess Hall, yes. 
And you get that's right. You came by, you said hello. You said I'm here with my family. I got to get the hell out of here. That's and right. You guys were on your way, but I did. I've got a visual. Yeah. Oh, you saw them. <laughs> yeah. They're they're nutsos, and they were even worse when I was young. More nutso, and you don't even know. This is the, this is what it's like being our age. Is we're like, oh wow, it was more nuts. Yeah. Than I thought it you was. Start to piece back through that shit. Yeah. You're like, oh <laughs> shit. I I was the guy killing the <laughs> vampire zombies. I am legend. Joke failed. Listen, what I'm saying is. It's understandable that I wanted to get into hardcore music. Sure. So even though I was like, shine, Jesus, shine, yeah. what brought you to that world? Um, oh, and then what, the final point was, this is what I wanted to put yeah. to you. I tried to take my Christian straight edgeness yeah. and blend it into, I'm not a square Christian. I'm a cool minor threat fan. Right. Well, I mean, it's all a bunch of rules. Both for Christians and for hardcore. Either people, way, right? It's and, weird that it came up. Well, it's it's that's a thing. I think that I just uh, the guy who lived across the street from me, who was around my brother's age, but he just sort of took me under his wing, and and thank God because I feel like I got Where so much we? of what's that? Where are we in Milford, Michigan? Milford, Michigan. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. you wanna you meet this guy? Well, he was my neighbor, and and so we would we fooled around, you know, playing and shit, but then. He was into like Led Zeppelin. He was into the Rolling Stones, and so he sort of was like, "Hey, man, you you better check this stuff out," you know? Yeah. And and oh, then, I, so you were into hardcore, and then this guy was like, "No, no, this is when I was a kid. <laughs> this is the beginning." So because oh, of him, I, I feel like I I sort of learned about cool shit, uh-huh. and so from that, uh, someone else, I think someone probably gave me the, I think. When the Gorilla Biscuits record came out or something, somebody made a tape along Gorilla with like Biscuits. Sam Hain or a Misfits or something. And and then I just sort of went more toward Gorilla Biscuits, which was like straight edge hardcore. And and my buddy Sorry, went more into it? the like the Sam Hain, the dark, you uh-huh. know. But so uh, and then I think because I was scared of everything, yes. it was like, oh, this is easy. I can just not I don't have to do this and it's because I'm cool, you know, and, and that was why I was vegetarian. You're scared, you're scared of like drugs and alcohol. Yeah, I just think I just, like I just relate to that heart. I think I just knew like uh like uh, that's not for me. I'm I'm either, you know, scared of it or I know my dad's going to be mad if I do it. Yeah. Shit like that. So then I, I found this those, yeah. this scene and looking back too, you're just like everybody I remember people coming who weren't like regulars and they were always like, "Man, so unfriendly, so unwelcoming." Yeah. To shows. Like that the scene it was just These are hardcore shows. Yeah, you had your uniform, everyone was into the same shit. You couldn't be in, into something you weren't supposed to be into. Like I remember in, in college my first year. Like you loved print. I was like, living with a guy and I had other records, like classic rock records and shit that I just didn't have out. I just hid them because it wasn't okay. Like there wow. were so many fucking rules and so wow. many like but even that kind of, I guess, was appealing. Like when I was punk rock, yeah. which I believe it or not, I was yeah. in the way that you can be uh, living in an affluent suburb of Boston. Sure. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, I was I was upset. And like we were – I was very – like I had all these rules. I had rules with how many people could be in your band. Like I, I was like – it wasn't you know DIY. Do it yourself. It wasn't DIY enough yeah. if you had – I didn't like that Soundgarden had like weird tunings. Yeah. I was like, well, you can't – a kid – like I'm working class. A kid can't go in his garage and bang that out. No. <laughs> no. You should be able to play it the first time you hear it. Yeah. This is the music of the people. Live the revolution. There was this whole battle over barcodes. 
Like you weren't allowed to have a barcode on your record. It's it's a fucking system of record keeping, right? <laughs> of of inventory. You couldn't have because it was selling out. It was like that somehow is just seen as corporate. It's just a numbering system, but it was like right, uh, right. If you have a fucking barcode, we're not selling it, or we're not buying it, or like shit like that, Whoa. man. Yeah, just like ridiculous. I kind of get it though. <laughs> and when you're young, aren't you kind of drawn to that structure? Like you like. You're helping me remember that I, as much as I wanted to be a good boy, yeah. I also didn't like the idea of being drunk or stoned or certainly on anything harder than right. pot. I was just like, no way, that sounds really scary. And that's actually kind of healthy. Yeah. But then you find any group, church first, and then I found like the straight edge kids, and I took comfort in going like, we wear these clothes. They're still, sure. they're still like, there's, an, uh, there's a part of AA where they dress up. Okay, I, I I'm not familiar with it, but they, oh. it's like it's like Alcoholics Anonymous, but they wear suits. Okay, and that's like part. And I was like, I get it. Like even the church is like, we all wear. Yeah. On Easter, we wear this this palette. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that feeling of inclusion was very important to me. Yeah. Although there were, looking back, I can't believe my parents weren't kind of more concerned because there were kids there doing heroin and like yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. I, I'm not. I didn't know them, but there were people in their 30s and weird skinheads and yeah, like random acts of violence and stuff and i was just yeah. the sweetest boy it's weird i mean i think the only reason i was allowed to go down to detroit i was and- there eating swiss chocolate <laughs> just like i like i like the rock and roll this is and then, my- like tight laced boots kick me in the back that <laughs> would not- happen you just get kicked because i was big you go can't on. eat candy in the pit i wanted that- to <laughs> it's the pits in the pit I think that's the reason I was allowed to go and hang out in Detroit and all that just because my my father was like well they're just not they're not doing anything they're just Listening to music down there. I mean, of course, people were being shot in the face, unrelated to hardcore in Detroit at the time. Uh, okay, but, but I was still just you allowed always... to do these things that I probably wouldn't have. Buddy, that's me. There was no chance for a party. It was just going to be a fucking show. That's it. Like... it. Did you see um, Green Room? Oh, is that I, what it is? I have Green it. Room. I I I'm it so. Of, it made me. It's uh, just, oh, sorry. I'm all over the place, but I'm just saying it's a movie about this kind of music. Sure. And they go, and they're kind of like, it sounds like you or I, meaning they just like the tunes, man. Yeah. And then they play a gig, and it's all white supremacists. Yeah. And I was like, there were white supremacists at my show. Like, we liked it. Yeah. I I don't, we didn't like that where there were white supremacists there. We liked the rock and the roll. Yeah. And, but then you see that movie, and obviously everything goes sideways, and I'm like, God, am I going to be a cool enough parent if my kids want to go to like a hardcore show? I'll just be like, (laughs) yeah, take the train home. What time's it at? (laughs) Just make sure it's not a white supremacist club. Right? It's worth a Google. Yeah. What kind of fans does this band have? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so you were similar. You would go to Detroit because it was a – it wasn't like a rave. Right. It was a – It was just a – it was a fucking hardcore show and – and they were All like, ages, there were so many, like, yeah, there were so many. Look at the flyer, like, it was poorly Xerox. <laughs> weirdos and fuck, like anything could have happened. But yeah. I guess as a parent, you're just like, well, he's not getting fucked up. So I got to give him a little leash. I remember I saw this group called Doc Hopper and they were mm-hmm. so cool. You know I them? I remember Doc Hopper. You sure. don't. For sure. I've seen Shut Doc Hopper. Shut the fuck up. I'm Nobody. You, I'm I didn't even you. go like, I better say it. Do you know Doc Hopper? I've, no one knows Doc brother, Hopper. I didn't come down here to lie today. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can believe it. Mm-hmm. Doc Hopper? 
New Jersey band, I think, right? I don't know. I saw them in in, uh, in Boston. Okay, I would see them in Boston. Yeah. So I guess maybe New Jersey. That makes. I mean, they could have been from anywhere. I don't know that for certain. Definitely East Coast band. They would cover the Juicy Fruit song. Okay. I never saw them do it live, but it was like. Get your skis shined up. Grab a stick of juicy fruit. <laughs> Taste is going to move you. It wow. was so awesome. Yeah. And I, they used to jump around like nuts. They were right. probably in their late 20s. And I'm probably like 17, 18, 16. And I remember going up to the lead of Doc Hopper, who <laughs> I can't believe you know. Yeah. I love it. And I'm just like, how do you have so much energy? Because I was in a band. Yeah. And they're like going nuts. Yeah. It's like a – Noon show on a Saturday, and Wait, they're you're like leaping around. How do you have so much energy? So that much, was the that question. That was my question. Okay, and I remember at the time being like, "Don't be cocaine." <laughs> like I was just like, "Please don't be cocaine," because you know when you're you think you're a grown person, you're 16. Let's say I was 16, but you're still kind of like I didn't want my heroes, and they were heroes, to be like we do meth, man. Like yeah. we should, we smoke some meth and then we yeah. go up. And I remember him kind of like. Taking that responsibility, and he was like, "A lot of coffee, man. A lot of coffee." And I was like, "Yeah." That's and then he turned around. You just heard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I would actually kind of like it more if they were doing drugs before shows, which I actually don't think they were. Right. Uh, good on him for telling like a very impressionable. Like those guys were the deal. Yeah. If I saw, and they would hang out, and they'd yeah. all be there. The shows suck. We both do shows. Yeah. The number of people that came to those shows, bad show. No. Oh, no. Should we cancel it? Yeah. No. It was the show. And that was the thing. It was like <laughs> these guys would roll through and get their 50 bucks and yes. then go on to the next spot, sleep on somebody's floor. Yes. I remember the first time it was um, uh, Shelter, which was a band that had a couple guys from Youth of Today, which was like a big straight edge band from New mm. York. Mm. But that was the first time in our little scene. I remember they were like, they want a fucking guarantee. This band wants a certain amount of money. Or they're not coming, and everyone was like, mm, "I don't know." Wait, about you that. were booking I this room? I was. I wasn't booking that room, but, but I was involved. It. I was you like, heard. "Yeah, I was buddies with the guy," and he was like, "They want they want a certain amount of money, and they want like a vegetable tray or something." <laughs> we were like, "These motherfucking rock stars!" You know, it happened. Show ended up happening. business. And oh, just, you did. Yeah, and then it, and then that's and just they sold what enough happened. to get their of course. guarantee. Yeah, that's course. so funny. I, and I bet the guarantee was like nothing. it was. Yeah, it was nothing. Yeah. What an interesting world. It's like such a such a needy because here you were you were kind of like me yeah. and i probably when i was there thought i was the only person like that but what was going on that you want were drawn to hardcore that's a leading question but really where i'm leading you is i'm wondering if you're like me and that i was like didn't know what to do with anxiety didn't know what to do with a certain feeling of helplessness controllessness i think that <laughs> the music sounded really cool and i realized that all the people and i wasn't like I had plenty of friends. I wasn't like um, an outcast or anything. Yeah, but but Me I neither. definitely knew that this I did. Very similar. But I just knew that a lot of people that that I did go to school with, I just didn't fucking get or I didn't dig, you know. Right. And I was like, so here's something that's fucking really cool, and none of these assholes know about it or understand totally. it. Totally. So now it I was have our this Dungeons thing. and Dragons. Now I have this thing. Right. When I watch Stranger Things, I'm like, these guys are going in the basement and playing Dungeons. I envy it so much, and I was like, that was us getting on the bus, going to Harvard Square, yeah. going to the Middle East. Yeah. To I don't. I. I don't even remember loving the shows 
as much as I loved kind of feeling like I belonged to Right, because then you had you always saw the same people, and it was like, hey, like you, you knew each other. Right, and, right. Uh, There's Hardcore Larry. Yep. <laughs> There's Big Fist John. <laughs> There's the one black skinhead. We had mm. one black skinhead. Mm. I love that guy. Man. Where was he? Talk Where about is he now? Some personal conflict, man. <laughs> he's in Silicon Valley. <laughs> he's, making, um, he's making apps. But I, <laughs> Yeah, he's fighting with himself. <laughs> he had the big uh, the Nazi punk fuck off thing. Yeah. And he's black. Yeah. I was like, dude. Yeah. I was not. I wasn't worried for him, but I, there were a lot of people that didn't like the black skinhead. Yeah, it's like meaning the racist people. <laughs> black, black skinhead. Why are you cutting yourself? <laughs> exactly. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't <laughs> you? <laughs> it's like a Chappelle sketch. It really was. <laughs> when I saw the blind racist, I was like, this seems familiar to me. <laughs> but those were the sharps. Your sure. dad told you not to be a sharp. Right. He was just like, you don't need to do any of that shit. What just do you fucking, mean, just so, do the you, right thing and don't worry about dressing up for it, you know? Your like dad basically, sounds cool. you know? Yeah. That sounds like right on. But he was also just like, I don't I you know, any any of the like over the top uh outfits or whatever, he'd just be like, This is not It's really interesting because I it's so embarrassing potentially. It's our choice if we feel embarrassment, I guess. Sure. In this case it's low. It's low <laughs> enough that we can accept it or send it packing. But I would – like I'd put on my suspenders and I'd let them sag yeah. or I had my uh, black leather jacket that I painted and all this stuff. And I think on a certain level I was doing a lot of it in the hopes yeah. that my dad would be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Not in a you, – you, um, I don't want to say a derogatory term for – like you – Mm. Oh, he wasn't calling you a name. Yeah, but I mean, like that's kind of what you expect, like a Billy right. Elliot situation. Right. Like, why are you dancing? Yeah, and and like, why are you dressing that way? Uh, but I did want a little attention. I think specifically from my dad, and it sounds like you got that. Well, I did. You got him to just be like, we could be cool guys together. But he also and then he drove you to the golf course, <laughs> and you looked at planes flying over. Like, what did he do? Is that but, what? What is his dad? He, but he he also like he he was very straight laced and and. Um, but he let me do pretty much whatever, you know. Hmm. And the only time, other than like saying you can't be a sharp or whatever, is I had there was a band called Born Against, and they had a shirt on the back or on the back of the shirt was like a um, a military coffin like with the American flag over, it, and it said I pledge allegiance to shit. <laughs> and my dad was like, "There's no fucking <laughs> way that you're fucking wearing that shirt shit. at all, anywhere, at any time, I even hope, to bed." I hope this. <laughs> You can't even <laughs> dream <laughs> the dreams you would dream in that shirt over my dead body. Uh, that is so funny because I was just – you know, whenever I'm thinking about reality and, and like you teach – I was just watching this thing this morning where they're like you, – you, you tell a kid what, what a bird is. Every time from that point on, he doesn't see a bird. He just remembers the thought that's a bird. Right. Like you're teaching him how to see the world as thoughts. And, and sports allegiances and town allegiances and even national allegiance, these are usually – can be. They don't have to be. But they can be symptoms of like really getting lost in what spiritual people would call like the illusion. Okay. Like the idea that we're like, I'm an American. I'm a male. Right. I'm a Patriots fan. Uh, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yep. So when I see punk rock as like maybe an early on step for me because there was a lot of that stuff. There was a, like a lot of like whatever you think is sacred, we're going to make an offensive T-shirt about it. Right. Because there's something like when you reduce it all down – we're all just – it's all just kind of make-believe. Right. This, like your land and money and clothes and your country and your, whatever it is. It's all just like mind wars. Sure. <laughs> so th I wonder if I was drawn to that because I was like you're kind of young enough to remember 
that authorities are just kids that grew up and started telling kids what to do. Right, but if you're <laughs> if you're anxious and you're fucking weird and whatever, you're just like, okay, I can identify here. Like, yeah, identify. Right now, now Pete is not. Just Pete. Isn't that funny? Pete, the hardcore kid. Because as I'm saying, I liked being in the thing that tore down the establishment. It was also my establishment. Right. And I liked that I was in the – and I'm still in that establishment. I'm still in the establishment that likes to tear down. Yeah. And then my head explodes. Well, that's – But it gave me a sense of identity. That's – and I still listen to hardcore and I still like going to shows and stuff. I do when I go home. But it's (laughs) – That's your hardcore. I'll be right back, mom. (laughs) 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 Uh, But it's like – it's supposed to be about unity, and it's supposed to be about. I to, loved it, that, but it wasn't. Part. I it know. was bullshit. I know. It was bullshit. Remember you know? the Oper- Operation Ivy had the song called Unity, yeah. and then there were always the Operation Ivy kids that had like they seemed more positive leaning. Yeah, that they, we were out for each other. Mm-hmm. That stop, stop the violence, stop the wars. It and became all that very stuff. political for me toward the end. Like it sort of went into uh, like it went from being the youth crew straight edge hardcore into sort of this. Like DIY or whatever it was, where the uniform changed just slightly, mm. but um, <laughs> but it was like much more. Like I have a quote in my senior yearbook that I wish I could just—it's you, yeah—could just disappear. Quote? It's me. I'm, I'm there's a photo of me and a group of people, oh. and I I cut it out of my own. But so you wouldn't see it anymore. Everyone that I went to school with has this book where it's me in like a like a, a Fred Perry, you know, buttoned up to the top. And it's like, I reject your uh, society of racism, sexism, uh, capitalism. I don't smoke, drink, da da. And, and then the last line is so basically, I'm better than you. No. <laughs> that's the buildup of all this shit. So basically, I'm better than you. Well, that's very minor threat. I want to, I want to, that, that's what he said. Um, I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't fuck. At least I can. Fucking, fucking think. think right um do you remember this one you, you go go yeah on. but i mean the the funny and so so then it became much more about like um this is around the time you weren't allowed to have a barcode and i had a <laughs> no barcode time. i had a record label and i remember one time a band that i had was going on tour and i had just put out a new seven inch for them and i remember standing in the driveway they're about to leave in this van and i'm arguing with the guitar player because i was like sell these records for three dollars a piece on the road and he was like, that's fucked up, dude. $2 is what, you know. Oh, wow. So-and-so charged. Like, there's no way we should be. I'm like, it's another dollar. Like, yeah. why are, like, why is this such an important, like, Again, those were the there's things a, there's a parallel that to just the- get, like, caught, bogged down in bullshit. Like, yeah. who cares of the fucking barcode? Who cares if it's $3 or $2? Like, Again, it seems very similar to the spiritual world, world where people are like, is it wrong to make a pro if you write a book about, like, waking up or enlightenment yeah. and then you make a profit off of it like yeah. I, I this is early on for ramdas talk but he put out a record like he made a record and they sold it for the price it took to make okay. very punk rock and then his father who uh, was a lawyer was like why don't you just charge you sold ten thousand of those if you had charged $1 over the cost of production, you'd have $10,000. Yeah. And you could use that money to feed people and all this stuff. Yeah. And, and then Ram Dass is like, well, Dad, remember our uncle had a case. Uncle Harry, let's call him. Okay. And he's like, our Harry Doss. Harry Doss. <laughs> <laughs> You're fun. You're fun. <laughs> Harry Doss had a case. And uh, Mr. Ram Dass Sr., his dad, did the case for free. And he's like, 
why didn't you did you charge him and he's like no of course it's harry doss and he's like <laughs> well when i look at the world all i see are harry dosses you know what i mean it's like yeah. it's all us but his dad kind of has a point like both sides are correct yeah. you could have charged one more dollar yeah. and it's also kind of beautiful to be like we're all unity. Yeah. We're all in this together. And if, if for no other reason than you guys are about to go, and you probably aren't even going to get $50 tonight, you're probably going to get 25 Right. So just even There's if you have an no extra dollar from a couple seven, it's just like – But this ties into stand-up as well. Because, mm-hmm. And I wonder what your thoughts are on this. Is like I just had – me and Matt, our friend, dear mm-hmm. friend Matt McCarthy, we smoked a cigar two days ago or something. Again, okay. off the booze. I was like, I need something that's killing me. Yeah. And we went out and smoked a cigar and had some coffee. It was a lovely time. And we were talking about like the weird amount you have to play this game. Mm-hmm. And it feels very – is there going to be a UPC – on your album. Right. You know, and, and you're, I, I'm, I should have said, like, you're so funny. You're one of those guys, every time I see you, I go right to you at a party because you just, you're fun, you're Thank funny, you. you're interesting. W- what do you make of show business? What does a fun, funny, thoughtful, interesting guy like you make of this world? Like, the whoring of yourself, do you feel that way? Or do you feel like you found a nice groove in it? Like, I, what's I, going on? I am... I am in a a place now where I uh I do I do feel like I'm in I'm I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm I'm still throwing shit at the wall. I'm still trying and all that. Yeah. But my thing about show business that I always say is to me and this this doesn't really resonate for like hardcore or, or whatever that was because that to me was just any money I made from my record label, I just put back into the record label. It was never like a, a money-making thing, <laughs> I right? It was think a, you had a hardcore record label. But what was it called? It, it was wrote? called Capsule Records. Capsule? Yeah. That's not a good straight-edge name. <laughs> it sounds like a drug. It was a little bit – it was a little but after the – capsule's the, empty, man. <laughs> There's nothing – Empty. Uh, I take life. It's a placebo. <laughs> <laughs> placebo <laughs> records. <laughs> uh, but in show business, I feel like it's – it's there's, there's three bars – and you have to use the three to get to a hundred. I'm really say. excited about okay. it. I'm ex- Can we take a pause before you yes, tell me? Because I'm just please. living in that kind of electric anticipation that Soak you're about to say something cool. Soak it up. Just feeling <laughs> it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> just enjoying. One of those a life bars moment. is talent. Talent. The second bar is time and place luck. Beautiful. The third bar. This is great. Pause. Don't rush this. <laughs> You're making me like one of those small plates that's like freeze dried and it tastes like eggplant parmesan. But like, yep. I can't eat it in one bite. Just got to get my reduction first, done. Yes. Here. Yes. First bar is talent. Yes. We're gonna break it down afterwards. Yes. I'm just enjoying this. Right on. Yes. Second bar, luck, time, place. Yes. Third bar, hard work. Hard work. Or Beautiful. work. Just work. And yeah. And so everyone will need to get to a hundred, or they'll try. Yeah. And for some, it will be like <laughs> almost exclusively talent and only a little bit of the others. I bet or we could some, think of examples of the people that are pure talent. Like Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Murphy, well, Jesse I mean, Pop. <laughs> you say Eddie Murphy, I say Jesse uh, Pop. But I think Jesse Pop is, is like super talent. But, and, but he does almost none of the other two. Right. Interesting. Because Jesse Pop is, as he did this podcast, yeah. so funny. Unbelievably hilarious. So he's like the pure talent. I was going to Eddie Murphy is just one of those guys that you watch him. He's like twenty two, right? Doing his hour, and you're like, oh, <laughs> we're all pretending to be you. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. even if our styles are different. But then, like, I wonder he might have also had time place. 
Because, you know, it's like that outliers thing. It's like he's 22. He's a good-looking man. Very, very talented. Right around the time, culturally, we were ready. I always say this. Computers came out when Bill Gates was the exact lowest age possible where you could understand computers. Right. Eddie Murphy was the age, a young age, a good age for comedy. Right around the time, culturally, we were ready for a black superstar. Sure. And we should, obviously we should have been ready earlier, but like that, that happened but to be a guy point. who also I bet his, a new black his first time on stage, yeah. he was almost exclusively there already. Do you know? It, there's not like he pure talent. You yeah, know. he just that's what I'm saying. He just that's, arrived like that. And I always hate this stuff when they say you just knew with Chappelle. I always hated when people said that, but there is an element of truth to that. Guys like Chappelle go up. And it's like watching Running Water or something. There's nothing there. <laughs> You're just kind of like <laughs> you saw an illusion. Yeah. And I, I'm not even saying it was necessarily – forget the material. It's not about the material. You're looking at something that's just kind of – I felt that way when I saw Pete Davidson for the first time, to mm-hmm. be honest. I was just like, oh, this is a guy that can just – he has the lightsaber and he's blindfolded with the blast shield. Yeah. And he's blocking the lasers and you're like – I need to have my eyes open yeah. to block the lasers. Yeah. So, okay. But so then, that's a but good then one. there are some people who work their ass off and you're like, eh, all right. You see him, you're like, all right. And then you lose track of him for a while. And then you're like, oh, yeah. You this, this a, fucker went away and busted their ass. I got a good one. I got a good one for you. Give it to me. Hannibal. Hannibal. You wouldn't think Hannibal. Okay. But when Hannibal was in his mid 20s mm-hmm. and, and he was on this podcast and we've talked about it with other people, he was kind of a joke. I, I I hate saying that. No one was mean to Hannibal. Right. But I remember being like, oh, Hannibal's here. Yeah. If you can imagine, there was a time that he was kind of, and I said this to him, this is not gossip, he was just new. He was young and new and he was finding his voice. And it's not like, he, same with Gaffigan, by mm-hmm. the way. People used to kind of joke that Gaffigan was kind of corny. Yeah. Like he had a meow mix bit that was like seven minutes long and he wouldn't <laughs> stop doing the goddamn meow mix bit. <laughs> yeah. So you know how that can kind of become sure. a joke with comedians where they're like, I don't have any memory of that level with Hannibal. Right. But I remember being like, no one was excited that Hannibal was right. there. Right. In fact, you were kind of concerned. Why is Hannibal here? Oh, it must be because he's doing every goddamn show. <laughs> right. He was head down, eyes on the paper, didn't give a fuck about what me and Kumail thought about him necessarily. He probably did like somewhere, right. but he didn't let it slow him down. The hardest working dude. Yeah. I would do some shit ass show downtown Hannibal. Yeah. I'd do the best show Hannibal. It didn't matter. Constant Hannibal. Omnipresent. Omnipresent. We've also seen this not work, but I, I still remember when Kumail sent me an email. We could find it and it was like, you'll never guess who's funny now. And it was a link to Hannibal. Wow. And I watched it, and it was his kicking pigeons routine. It's one of the first things he had on YouTube, and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like you can't put in those hours. Yeah, but he was blowing on that ember. He had right. the talent. Yeah, so you your have, first there bar. has to be something. Yeah, there has to be something. But he was the hardworking motherfucker. Yeah, he was not waiting. Uh, Which is why the time, place, luck will always be the <laughs> smallest, because you have to have the combination or existence of one of the others to to be in, in a place to capitalize right when you're given the opportunity or you'll see it sometimes someone you'll be like how the fuck did that and then they're gone there needs to because it wasn't they they didn't they weren't ready to seize it interesting but you have to be ready to to in a place to you you want to get called to the plate 
But you want to be the guy that was behind the barn with his dad, just hitting balls. Yeah. Which is what Hannibal hitting balls. That's a weird yeah. way to put it. But you know what I mean? Hitting. He's pitching to you. <laughs> okay, forget it. it. Sounds more sexual. <laughs> he's pitching to you, and you're right. behind the barn. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I'm just Underhand. saying. <laughs> you want to be the natural. But the story, you know, the natural Robert Redford before he's on was probably practicing the fuck. So you want to be the guy that when you get called to the plate, you get you only get that one chance to make that first impression sort of thing. Which is why I never like people breaking their teeth in L.A. or breaking their teeth in which New York. Which is what I was going to say. If Hannibal runs out of Chicago after his fourth show and is like, I'm ready. The That's world right. needs to see me That's now. Right. Then sometimes you get that stink on you. Yeah. And then absolutely. You can you can still come back from it, but it's much much harder cuz it's oh, already like I'm oh, trying right. to think of who's a guy that came back from it. Cuz there were there are a lot of guys where you're like some guy super eager moves to I always saw New York as Mordor. Like I had <laughs> nightmares about New York yeah. where it was like Gotham. Yeah. A mix of Gotham and Mortar. The subway was as ha- high as the skyscrapers. So loud. Like, and, and tall. <laughs> like if, you, if we topple, we die. Yeah. And it just looked like Batman Year One. Just a scary place. Sure. And then I, I had such reverence for it that I didn't go there till I moved there. I sound like an old man like, and that's the way to do it. Right. But I'm just saying I was like, I'm not going to disrespect that city by visiting yeah. and going up a few times and then leaving. Like when I'm there, I want a 917 phone number. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, want a, I want a zip code in Brooklyn and I want to be at every show there. And I, I, It's like don't ask the beautiful girl out if you're only in town for the weekend. Right. You got to be able to marry the, the girl. You be there. Be there. Be there. That's how I feel about New York. So anyway, you were saying uh, – we were saying yeah. the people that – you, but you, you can break too early right. or try to you come out from early. behind the barn and your dad's yeah. like, not yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next thing you know, they're like, this motherfucker can't swing a bat. Right, right. And so then you're stuck trying to prove you can again. And you so know. there's pure talent guys that don't. It's hard to not. Let's put Jesse usually out of our there's, minds. Usually there's a combination, I would say. Like well, you definitely want you need the yeah, yeah, you need people who, who are, you can't always just have some talent. You got to you gotta bust your ass too. But and, there are people that are so right time, right place people. Definitely. That got plugged in. There was a need and we need – I can't really think of one. And those are the ones we resent the most. And I don't uh, – <laughs> well, I don't want to insult anybody, but there are people that you're like, the climate was just right. For like, for this isn't a good example, but it's almost like Roseanne came at a time when we were ready for Roseanne. Mm-hmm. It's it's all outlier stuff. It's it's not to say that she didn't earn it or deserve it, right. Or that she wasn't super funny because there's lots of people that looked like Roseanne. Yeah. You know, that's what made her so fun was she seemed like a regular mom. You know what I mean? Sure. But uh, that timing was was perfect. I love your theory. So many Star theory. Search. Uh, you know, she was Star Search. Yeah, Carrot Top was Star Search. Chappelle they, was on Star. But did, Search. they lost, right? Did they, I think Carrot the Top's curse. the only one who didn't win there's, or didn't or didn't lose. He won. He right? won. I think there's he the won. curse of winning Star Search. Ah, okay. I don't know. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> I guess I'm. I'm forgetting. <laughs> you don't want to win, buddy. That is wisdom right there. You don't want to win Star Search. Yeah, isn't that crazy? If you win Star Search when yeah. you're 20, yeah, it's actually a bad sign. And probably. <laughs> 
and probably, what are you doing that's so mutually appealing? You want to be someone that like one of the judges is like, who's that crass, overweight woman? Yeah. Two stars. <laughs> that's what you want because right. there, there's idiots on the judge panel of Star Search. Yeah. I don't want to get into a big debate. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shots but fired. I bet everyone who won Star Search and, you know, disappeared, it was for different reasons. Some right. people fucking weren't actually didn't have more than the three minutes each week or whatever, and right. other people to different skill lost altogether. their shit and started you know uh, doing coke off strippers' backs or whatever after a one star search victory. You know, <laughs> right? You lose your mind? Yeah, you can't handle it. You're in the agent's office. I'm. I want star search. What's the problem? How yes. come I can't? Oh God! How many times <laughs> do we have to see that story before we realize that like win star search? Okay, relax. <laughs> But that that's the guys that do stand up like they're just lumberjacks right. chopping wood. Like they just what is your feeling? Is stand up your number one kind of thing? And that's not a leading question. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care if it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't want to be a sharp about it. It better be your number one thing, man. Uh, it's it's been hard for it to be that for me out here. L.A. is uh, Los Angeles. It's a different deal. Yeah, Los <laughs> Angeles. Sure. Louis, well, Louisiana. Louisiana but, also is a very in tight this scene. instance. Yeah, L.A. Um, <laughs> so I have you know I've tried to keep working on writing and the other thing that's happened for me uh that is a throwback to my hardcore label days is i now tour manage for oh you do my my wife and karen's podcast my favorite murder so they they tour pretty extensively and so i'm doing some tour management for them and it's like get out it uh it it falls right back to the hardcore thing, like just advancing shows and doing that shit and getting to the venue. Putting out seven inches of a podcast. <laughs> and it's Here's one-tenth of the podcast. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing because I do that however many days a month and then the rest of the time I just get to work on my shit and I'm in a great place. That's awesome. Yeah. But that's, that's what I'm talking about, about a groove where you're like – it doesn't um, – you don't – all the – Ideas of what it means to be like, I'm a hit, doesn't matter, is right. what I'm saying. There's right. lots of wonderful ways to do it. And I didn't know you were tour managing yeah. while you're writing. I mean, well, yeah, I'm just, I work on other shit. I'm, I'm obviously not. And, and not we watch wrestling. Right. Yes, yes, which we're also touring with that. I knew it. And, um, and we watch wrestling has been a great thing for me. Yeah. Uh, which is, again, Matt McCarthy, Tom Sibley. Is and- that what we talked about at the New Year's? Because at the New Year's Eve party about a year ago, which yes. is embarrassing that it took so long. You and I talked a lot, and I'm sure I asked you about wrestling. And if if I remember correctly, your attitude was very what I'm seeing already, very kind of casual and like uh, if you don't like it, that's fine. You know what's funny? <laughs> I like you weren't like how dare you give it a shot. I was a clause. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not McCarthy. I'm not going to grab you by the throat. Uh, I. I was in the closet for a long time on wrestling. As a, as a lover. As a lover. Of wrestling. I <laughs> have loved wrestling my whole life. I was living with Jesse in Brooklyn and getting this what's called the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, which comes out once a week. It's about a 30,000-word thing about the inside, <laughs> everything that's going on in the world of wrestling, in the entire world. <laughs> and this is before it was digital, so I'm getting this every week. And while I'm there, I'm grabbing it. But then I went on this six-week tour of Canada, and Greg Johnson takes my room. And all of a sudden, I'm hearing from these guys back in New York. What the fuck is this? This thing that keeps coming in the mail every week, you know? No. 
You were outed. <laughs> and I used to, and Jesse always makes fun of me. Back in New York, when st- comics started to talk about wrestling, he was like, you would just leave the conversation. You wouldn't even engage it. I remember one time I That's was. so funny to consider because it's such a niche thing now. Now it's like, well, yeah, Dan I Black is yes, one of those wrestling all, guys. All kinds of comics yeah, are yeah. into it. Yeah. And I remember being in McDonald's above the, what's now the old UCB. Uh, in Chelsea, Bummer. and uh, Mike Lawrence and another guy, I don't recall um, his name, they were like, they had some tapes, and I was like talking to him. And then some other comics came in, and I said, guys, no disrespect, but I'm I'm done talking about wrestling now. <laughs> I was just like straight up, like, I can't do this anymore. Wait, but, but I thought you loved it. I do, but I just didn't. I, you didn't want it? You weren't ready to There is a stigma attached at the table. to wrestling that just oh, I took know. me a long time. I'm it one took of the perpetuators long... <laughs> of that stigma. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have come clean about this. And is it because you you don't – like because so many people say, ah, I don't watch that fake crap or I don't want – it's like there's some leftover thing of like you're not going to dupe me. I'm not going to be tricked by this stuff or is it just that – I'm not a dupe. I don't have a problem with the duping. Okay. Because no one's being duped anymore, right? If they ever were, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly at a point they were, but I, I hope this doesn't happen again. When I talked to Anna Anna Gosteyer about why I don't like musicals, I realized I was in this like gross majority where you're like, stop singing your feelings. Like I realize sometimes I just am. I was raised in a way that I couldn't have wrestling on, okay. Because it's uh, grotesque. I don't mean it's gross. No, I know. It's a sweaty, mm-hmm. muscly guy talking shit. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get in there. Like that, even to this day, I'm just like, get out. Like when I see two boxers mm-hmm. face off, it's the same thing where they're just yeah. like, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm just like, oh, God. Yeah. Can't we. When it's done well, though, that, those are, that is. But I love boxing movies, and I might even love a wrestling movie. You yeah. know what I mean? I think I think when wrestling is done well, it's so much more nuanced than that. Yes, there is. The, it feels it's like, like you a baseball went through my neighbor's window, mm. and he comes out in his underwear, <laughs> and he's screaming at me, and I'm like, "Why you know can't something? We? Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you something about those double plane windows." And I'm just like, "Why can't we?" Be better. Yeah. Why do you have to flip me upside down because sure. I made a mistake? But I bet if you got me drunk, I would understand it more. You know when those I think feelings come out where you're like, sometimes you just got to slam a guy. I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> Even like, my compliment to it is kind yeah. of disrespectful. You're like, uh, one more cocktail and I'm ready to fuck a guy up here real bad. Real but bad. maybe I'm out of touch. I'm being honest. Maybe I'm out of touch with – the part of me that does like that stuff because it was – i it was taught. You know what yeah. I mean? I was taught that it was impolite yeah. and wrong. <laughs> what's what's crazy to me is the, the fact that you and Matt have lived together and known each other for so long. And he's one of the best at curating for someone. Like I've been at parties where Matt's like, all right. And he just starts DJing the wrestling that's on the TV and all of a sudden people are just like, oh, like in. He's really good. And he knows what to – because I – I don't think I I don't care if anybody likes it. I I love, I love it. it. Tell and me I what you love. Cuz David doesn't David Mamet love it like he thinks I think he wrote that it's like the only remaining true theater cuz it's got villains and heroes and yeah, twists and turns and it's for the populace. But it is uh one of the only American invented art forms and it for me the fact that uh someone can take a microphone or tell a story in the ring with their bodies and affect the emotion of the crowd. And when done well, they can say, I'm going to do this right now to make you feel this way. 
Yeah. That's the shit that I I just love. You know, let's talk about that because I think that the emotions that wrestling stokes like a fire uh, are, in my mind, unpleasant emotions. Okay. I've cried at wrestling matches. That's so funny. I don't mean those. I'm happy crying. <laughs> I'm talking about they stoke um, – what is the vengeance? Mm-hmm. They stoke uh, pettiness. Mm-hmm. It stokes the sort of sling blade, simple. That guy did that to our flag. Right. You better punch him. Yeah. And I'm not. Again, I, 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 there are times in my life when I can connect to that part of me, mm-hmm. and I actually think I'm being real. I think it's somewhat of a shortcoming of mine that I can't. I don't have to be a guy that reads The New Yorker wearing a sweater with the collars coming out and right. just be like, oh, I never feel rage. Because I yeah. do. Yeah. What am I doing playing video games, cutting off orcs' heads all goddamn yeah. Screaming day? Screaming into your headset? Exa- well, oh, I don't do that. Good, but good. I mean, I do <laughs> say out loud, Val watches me kill orcs, and I go, juiced! <laughs> juiced, bitch! Like I yell at orcs, especially if they taunt me. And it's very wrestling. Mm-hmm. They'll be like... Like a guy will kill me yep, and then I'll go on a vengeance mission Uh-oh. and I'll find him. And when I kill him, especially if he runs Uh-oh. and as he runs, he's going past like a barrel of explosive stuff. And I don't even chase him. I shoot an arrow, not at him, at the barrel. He blows up in slow motion. I watch him burning. Yeah. I have the feelings that you aren't embarrassed to have and I am embarrassed yeah. to have them. That's uh, – It's weird. Well, I mean y- – you want to kill an orc, especially if they're going to fuck with you like that. If they fuck – but it, I'm, you're helping me. It is like wrestling because well, they're like, I'm going to wear your skin. And I'm like, I'll cut off his head and with Valerie in the room, not yeah. even alone. I go, what was that about? What was that about wearing my skin? Yeah. Because uh, I cut you in half. <laughs> like, So I have it. You have it. Yeah. So maybe I'm – I don't know. Maybe I'm jealous that you've always had this outlet. I think for me though at this point – and this is maybe me with the sweater around my neck in the New Yorker magazine. But like I think <laughs> for the most part now I just sort of enjoy when it's being done well. I'm not always like, tell me, you better get even with this motherfucker. Tell me a good one. But um, – what, what does done well mean? Like, like uh, just the – because wrestling like a lot of things is when it's very simple, that's when it's the best. When there is a very um, uh, relatable issue – that's been brought. Yes. What's, and, an, what's an issue? Well, okay. So um, – Because it's not just like these people are, are going to wrestle for cash. It's like this I mean, guy said some shit. Over the years, it's been – you know, um, there's of course been women who've, who've caused issues. Like most, oh, like you fucked my girl? Yeah, or, or things of that nature. But, but <laughs> the one right now – one things of that nature. You see, I think you see my point. It's all bar fight stuff that I wish everyone would settle down. Sure. Yet, yes. Orc Pete is like, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. he's going to punch him in the face. Well, and sometimes complicated being it's human. Just a belt. Sometimes it's just over a title. He wants the belt. He wants a title because that means more money. That means prestige. That, that means sweet Corvette. But right now, the one of my favorite stories. <laughs> so. In a few days, January 4th, will be Wrestle Kingdom, which is the Japanese version of WrestleMania, essentially. Oh, fun. And what has happened is there's a there's a guy there from Winnipeg who's one of the top guys in Japan, in Japan? right now. Kenny, is a Winnipegian? Kenny Japan? Omega. Yeah, they, they have guys like, you know, there's expats. obviously some foreigners. Yeah. There's some expats wrestling in Japan? Kenny Omega, who has been a Kenny fucking top Omega? star. Where are these shows? <laughs> well, you can watch them on, of course, online. There's, no, there's, I mean like, but oh. where are the shows? Oh, the Tokyo Dome? 
No, but where are the shows about these guys? Like, this is oh. some interesting shit. I, as sure. we're talking, I was like, there should be a hardcore show. Yeah. Like, there should be a show about the hard- hardcore scene, like a TV show. Yeah. And there should be a TV show about an expat in Japan yeah. wrestling. It's not that odd, though. I mean, it's there, not there's that been odd. plenty of, of uh, Canadians and Americans who've excelled in Japan over the years. But I guess. But it's like Mr. Baseball, but wrestling. Kenny Omega. Look, I'm, I'm, you're a production agency, right? <laughs> yeah. You're like a production. Are you pitching to me? Yeah, you're Castle Rock. No, I just have the theory about the bars, dude. I I can't help you. <laughs> I can't help myself. Go on, though. I'm so sorry. No, so, it's all right. Good stories. Mm. Good stories that you like. Kenny Omega, who's been this top guy who's called himself by far the best in the world, and he um, he's in the ring after a match talking his shit about how great he is. The lights go out. Wait, we don't like Kenny Omega. Um, no, plenty of people love Kenny Omega. Yeah, but he's still he's. This is like if country music stars fought each it's other. Much, <laughs> that's what it is. It's <laughs> like country, I'm the greatest because <laughs> no. there's something very kind of like when you say Kenny Omega, that sounds like a country music superstar, <laughs> and he puts down the guitar, oils up, and is going to fight Garth Brooks. <laughs> Chris Gaines. Chris maybe. Gaines, yeah. of course. The evil guy. You wouldn't use your real name. Buddy, as I was saying that, I was trying desperately. I was brain Googling uh, what was Garth Chris Brooks's. Gaines. Yeah, Chris Gaines. You know, I saw a Garth Brooks uh, CD set at uh, Target that I thought was a box of candy. It's not very well. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a, a bunch of Garth Brooks boxes of candy. I was interested. Oh is there fucking what CDs? are these, like, sweet and sour guitars? <laughs> And then there's the black one that's the Chris Gaines that's licorice. Nobody mm. likes it. Nobody likes it. Black licorice, man. So, <laughs> so okay. I didn't mean to put it down by saying country no. music, but there's something. But there is country that, music like, is clean in that it's like I'm a good guy. I'm playing. Right. I'm a good old boy. I have my tractor. I have my girl. I have my country. I have my sports team. So there's more things to offend. Whereas if I, you know you talk to Rivers Cuomo, you can't be like America sucks. They'll be like, "All right, okay." <laughs> <laughs> or you can be like, "Your wife's hot." He's like, "Okay," <laughs> you know. Like I feel like there's fewer idols yeah, on the shelf, but sure. a country music star like Kenny Omega, yeah. my truck, my, my flag, tr- Dodge is the beer. best truck. That's it. <laughs> We're gonna settle this the only way humans can with a punch that you only see in the ring, where I put my face, where my hand, where I'm gonna punch. Pete, now let's just step let's back, step now. back a little bit. <laughs> let's be careful. Let's not start talking about the inner workings. <laughs> so uh, Kenny Omega. Now, right. I, so Omega. I got on the, tra- and the other, the other thing that wrestling fans love as much as anything is a surprise. So Kenny Omega Fun. is in the ring doing his thing. The lights go out. He's bragging. The the, the screens come back on, and it's Chris Jericho. Okay. Right? You know Chris Jericho? He's I know a, the Walls are. Yeah. Stars. Uh, well, that's his finishing move, Walls of Jericho. Get uh, out. Well, the Walls of Jericho came down. Not this time. <laughs> <laughs> we did a rewrite. Uh, that's like a move, the cross of Christ. It's like, but that was, he was killed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, keep going. So you have this guy who no one is expecting to be there, who everybody loves. And he's saying, so he's not even billed. I'm the best in the world. And he comes down and he bloodies up Kenny. Wait, during his his Kenny. Uh, so it's not the, there's no it's not a bell. Match. It's, it's not a match. match. It's after Kenny's match that he's just celebrating. Like I'm the best in the world. I'm Kenny Omega. And which can I also offer my New Yorker time? Very American. Yeah. Meaning there's a threat 
And even though the bell hasn't rung, we're going in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, he's Jericho is there exclusively to ruin Kenny's celebration. <laughs> and he bloodies him up and embarrasses him. Do we like him. Jericho? I'm still not I, sure. I think that in wrestling now, it's not always that cut and dry. I hear you. But do you like Jericho? I love both these guys. You love both. They're both they're both very very good and so I just they're want both to, very I good. just want to see the match I just want to see the match so it's I don't not care. like the wrestling I saw in the eighties necessarily where there I'm is like, that. the Ultimate Warrior is going to beat Johnny Ladderstep that exists uh huh but that's not this match and maybe that's what those are like qualifying matches not always those there are there are matches at the top of of every wrestling card that involves still that very basic like heel I'm an asshole. You're a good guy, uh-huh. so let's see if the asshole gets his face kicked in today. And We're sometimes the asshole does. wins, though. Well, that's how you got to do it, though. I mean, you can't. You got to. You got to tell. You got to get him back the next week. <laughs> I mean, these are the Empire Strikes Back. This is a serial. At the end of Empire. Mm-hmm. The Empire is up. Yep. So Kenny's going to get frozen in carbonite, but. Uh, <laughs> You are fun. Now, am I supposed to? Am I supposed to be offended that the engineer left during the wrestling talk? All right, he's just having a vegan snack. He's just helping himself to a vegan snack. Some vegan snack. So, but I just like that. So now Jericho is there. They attacked each other at a press conference. It's very simple. And on the fourth, we're going to get to see what happens. Uh, But they're both. Wait, this is still unresolved. It's January fourth. Is when they're. That's what this is all building to. (laughs) <laughs> who's gonna? Who's the best in the world, man? We're gonna find out. In at least in their minds, and I guess this seems dumb, but like the fact that it's written because Matt wrote for them and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. It's still. Are you of the of the mindset that it's like who cares? It's still incredibly impressive. Uh, which part? The idea that the matches are predetermined. Oh, I don't care at all. Yeah, yeah. No, in fact, I don't. I hate. It's MMA. like seeing a movie. You're like, I know this is also predetermined. I hate MMA. Investment. I don't want to see anybody actually get punched. I also hate him. MMA. So this, to in me, fact, I'm going to go so far as to say, if you love MMA, I will never tell you. <laughs> okay. But there's me, like a light bright. I just take one beautiful bright peg mm. out of the picture of you. Uh oh. <laughs> well, leave mine in, man. <laughs> <laughs> it just concerns me. Because isn't there part of you that's like, that's what a nose breaking looks like? Like, why did you want to? Well, and, and I don't, to me, I recognize that there's a lot of skill involved, yeah. but it doesn't matter to me. Like, it's yeah. just not, I cannot enjoy that. That's like bachelor party, like people standing around going, like, I know. Like, I, I remember I used to go to in, in uh, Michigan, in Auburn Hills, where the Pistons used to play, which is like north of Detroit. They would have fight night at the palace, which was boxing matches. Because mm-hmm. I do like boxing. Mm-hmm. There would be more fights in the crowd than there would be boxing match. Like that kind of wow. stuff. Just like yeah, of course. Somehow you you talk about it. Listening, you can't. That's why. Like I talk about this all the time. I'm I'm a li- I am concerned about the subliminal messages of everything we watch. It's funny because I am a child of Alone in the Basement, playing Street Fighter, playing Mortal Kombat, playing all the. Then later Grand Theft Auto, all the things that are supposed to be terrible. And I know everybody thinks they're okay, but I am not like a violence obsessed. I'm not a violent person. Um, so I – I guess you call that skated by. But I am concerned. So you, you feel like you you had every right to have it be a negative effect on you playing those games, but you were able to skate by it? Is that what you mean? I guess I'm saying – I'm proof that you can play those games to myself. I'm not sure. saying use me as data. I think there's plenty things. of proof because there's millions of people. There's who play millions them. of people, that, and, and of we're course there. 
But then I was going to take it into, the, fine, into <laughs> pornography. It's like, what are the messages we get from pornography? Right. Uh, is also kind of strange. Yeah. Uh, but we don't have to get that's, – that's a little too deep for our conversation mm. right now. But anyway, you watch MMA. Did your chance of kicking the shit out of someone who wrongs you later that day go up or down? Mm. Even if it is a micro percent, it probably went up, right? I would think and especially if you're uh – Factoring it's in your some right to alcohol. raise that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hypermasculinity is, is is a thing, and if we're watching footage of face poundings, right, while we drink a liquid whose sole purpose is to go get the demon, yeah. <laughs> you know, get the weird part, <laughs> bring him up here, <laughs> and then you show him those images. Mm-hmm. This is why you see two packs of bros in Vegas that like show down on each other. And there's fights and shit. And I'm all, I've always, my heart breaks. I don't want to see anybody being punched, like ever. Man, I, except so in pretend places like movies. I love wrestling, but like. Maybe that's what I would like about wrestling. Every time I, I see someone, like when I see an actual fight, like I was at a Dodger game, I don't know, not too long ago, and people just started squaring off on each other. Wow. I get that like. Feeling in my stomach of like, ooh, right. am I going to throw up or something? Like, right. It's, it's not cool. Somewhere a bridge should collapse when that happens. Like the, With the people on it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just saying like the height of human achievement, cooperation, intellect, patience, you know, all that sort of stuff should fall every time we just go like, and I shit and I threw it at him. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I picked up my shit you and I the, threw it at him. You just hear a rumbling in the background. <laughs> 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 like everyone should be like, stop for a bridge will fall. I don't care. He said the Dodgers suck this year. Anyway. I had to throw my shit at him. Tricky, tricky talk. But okay, uh, did you feel like you made your – were you on the point? I Wrestling? The point, you yeah. love it? I love it. And I don't care if you do so. I don't spend a lot of time. I feel like, you know, <laughs> that sounds like I think Matt is – I don't care if you do. And that's why Matt's very good at, at curating yeah. those things. I think he he's like – Everyone should. There's no reason why everyone shouldn't. So I will set about explaining to you. I will show you. Do you smoke and dope? I, yeah, weed, I, weed dope? Mm-hmm. And watch wrestling? Yeah, definitely. I'm noticing a lot of people that like wrestling enjoy the weed dope. Not to, maybe, maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe I need to get stoned and watch wrestling. Maybe. Although I will say there have been times in my life when – do you know when you get sort of – maybe you get a little too high and things – you start to go like, oh, this is bullshit. Yeah. You know, like things that you otherwise are like kind of like. Because there's been a few times where I've smoked weed and I start watching and I'm just – maybe I wasn't watching the right match. But I was just like, oh, what? Like so it's also it's also turned on me, you know. <laughs> so I do, but it's not necessary and it can also turn. But I'm also interested that you're you're a comedian and there's very few of us that is, that's married. Mm-hmm. And you married another performer. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been married? We um coming up on two years, March two years. With Georgia. Mm-hmm. What's Georgia's last name? Hard Stark. What's her real last name? I didn't ask what the name of the lieutenant on the case Hard. was. I said, what is Georgia, your wife's <laughs> last name? Very unique name. Hard Stark? Hard Stark. Is it a week till retirement and she, she has a, a Just gun when and- she thinks she's out, they pull her back <laughs> in again. <laughs> Does she have a heart for justice and a drinking problem? Mm. Some semblance of both, probably. Yeah. <laughs> she's, a, she's after the bad she's married guys to me by any means necessary. Sure. And um, how are you, and you're doing it together. Like if you're managing her podcast tour and stuff, meaning the there's no boundaries set up where you're just kind of like in your comedy relationship. 
Or what we, there is. I, I don't mean, mean there's no boundaries like you failed in some way. I just no, mean you guys are in it. Like definitely. in the way that Val and I are in it. She comes sure. with me to shows. It's sure. all one life. But but I think that we are very careful to separate it as well. You uh-huh. know, where it's like, okay, we are we're working now and now we're not. Especially when you're like home all day with each other, like it, you know, Sometimes you're working, and sometimes it's like, oh, we're we're married to each other, unrelated to right. all the other bullshit, Can whatever it is. Can we just lick an ice cream cone? Thank you. <laughs> no, let me go grab a couple. That's for what us. I never understood. I remember Zach Galifianakis, who's a good example of those guys that don't want to play too hard into the showbiz game. Mm-hmm. What it was was we were we were Matt and I were sitting there, and we were just talking about one of the things I run into is this podcast is wonderful for me. And I run the risk of compartmentalizing my life into being consumed in every possible way. Mm-hmm. Meaning, it's wonderful that like um, Ellen, for example, dances on her show. Does that decrease the dancing off camera? Because you do it there. Right. You know what I mean? Like when I go to parties, I don't pull you aside and sit down and have a wonderful two-hour conversation. Sure. Because that's what I do on the podcast. So I actually – I guess it's just a dangerous thing when you start getting your needs met by your work. Right. And then – and stand-up can feel very social and very gratifying. So like you're kind of – it's almost like you can become a little bit like a vampire. You know, like you, you're getting everything met. So then, then the rest of your time, you're just kind of like, I'm going to stay at home with a nice Pinot Bligio. <laughs> Pinot Bligio. Where do you Pinot come up with this shit, Bligio. man? <laughs> no, that's terrible. <laughs> I, I like that we liked it. But so you're finding that balance with with George? Yeah, because it's like – you know, we're on tour. I'm I'm managing this tour right now, but that's not. Do you go with them? Yeah. Fun. So I advance the shows, and then I go and I, you know, I have to do all the the bullshit backstage to set up with the. That's awesome. The things, yeah, it's fun. No, it's where's great. your reality and we show? Get to hang out. <laughs> I can hang out with my wife. You know, that's awesome. Um, but and they're our favorite murderer. My favorite murder. My favorite murder. Yeah. Shouldn't it be our? I'm just kidding. <laughs> because I made the mistake. I think that's better. Shouldn't it be our? I would. There are two hosts. Go ahead and have you just contact them with any of that sort. I don't know. The argument for my favorite is it's double M's. MFM. Like MMA. Like alliteration. Yeah, my favorite murderer. Our favorite murderer. Yeah. There's an argument for both. I like mine. And they go out and they do a live episode. They do a live version of their show. And there you are in the wings. I went to fucking Australia and New Zealand. Shut your mouth. It's it's crazy, man. murder in Australia? I mean, it used to be a prison colony. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That was was the weak joke. They're probably so tired of that. In fact, I know they are. I have quite a few. I brought it up to everybody down there. (laughs) You guys are spawned of murderers. (laughs) Two, three, four. Uh, super dupes fun. And I'm also interested that you mentioned that you're um, getting into writing because I can't talk about this enough. It seems like such an interesting – our friend Brent Sullivan sure. is also on the writing game, on yep. the writing path. Can be very difficult. And and just for solidarity, solidarity's sake, I know there are a lot of people listening. Mm-hmm. They have a great idea for an episode of Bob's Burgers or whatever it might be. Yeah. And I get overwhelmed thinking about my friends – and and how big the pool is and also how small it seems at times. What has your experience been trying to uh, – or, or, or breaking into the writing room? Well, I mean I think for the most part, just trying to get like a staff job, you know, you, you write these pilots and you don't know like do you, do you write a spec 
for yeah. a show that exists? And Did if you? so, is it okay? I haven't done that. I've only written uh, originals. originals. Mm-hmm. What's um, the name of one of your originals? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want. Uh, I want the title. <laughs> what What is the name of that one that I just uh... horsecock? <laughs> just a slideshow of different horse dicks. Look, it's not. I'm thinking, you know, maybe one of the premium networks. A premium network I, that can show horse dicks is what I'm saying. <laughs> it's going to have to be on cable. Is what I'm saying. Well, you know, I think uh, your best bet there is probably True TV or something. Like that. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> That's truth, and it's growing. No e on it. Um, uh, what, what I'm what I'm wondering, I guess, is. Uh, you're doing originals, which is smart, I would right. say, right? I mean, because they never get old. If you spec Bob's Burgers, it it, it has a shelf life. That's got to be something you do for a meeting with a job that's right. like coming up or whatever. Well, so I um I was gonna or I did submit for Pat Walsh, our friend, his show that oh, yeah. he has. Year of Living biblically. Yes. Um, and Very at funny. first I was like, well, I I've already seen the pilot so maybe i should just write a spec of the show yeah only to learn like that's you, you don't do that yeah, yeah that's that's not the move i get sent I, I get sent crashing scripts from time to time and i have to yeah. be like uh you have to be very clear you're like legally i cannot read this yeah and do you do you have uh people that you uh have they're coming up to you and they're sometimes you mean just kind of like just cold, like people who you otherwise, yeah like people who you're otherwise friendly with or whatever who are sort oh. of like because I feel like sometimes guys get get shows and then they're they're put in this spot where people come out of the woodwork with this expectation of like, well, I, I just you know we have a relationship. I figured you could help me. Right, like less than it happened more with the talk show, and then it, it kind of calmed down a little bit. Yeah, the idea. But what's funny is like, what's funny about our business is I would like see. Ian Edwards, for example, at the grocery store. And mm-hmm. I was like, I should have Ian Edwards in the room. And then Ian was like on our show. <laughs> like, so you never, that's what I mean. Like, I get excited about the potential for any one of my friends that are wonderful yeah. to get on shows because there is a sort of, there is kind of like a, who had that joke? Matt Bronger, I think, had a joke about going to LA just to rollerblade topless in the park, just <laughs> in hopes of getting, hey, yeah. like uh, the kid stays in the picture. Just right. like you're like an awesome, <laughs> who's that awesome guy? We, got, we can do something with it. There is, and that's one of the things I love about our community. There is this thing where you just forget about Ian Edwards. Yeah. You see him buying a sandwich. Like literally three days later, we started our first week, and there's Ian. Yeah. And it's not, and so I, I have. Great hope for people like Brent, who's amazing. Mm-hmm. But there's also, to your question, there's also the like the packet game, right? Where right. you're writing packets for all kinds so of much. not just late night shows, but and the, you feel like when you hit send on the email, it's just going into a black hole, mm-hmm. and you worked on it for three days, and you watched <laughs> some show up, yeah. you hate. <laughs> yeah. I, like I, I remember binging shows and just being like, I don't even want this job. Or it's just like being an actor, and you're like. Let's say the show's political. You're like, I'm not political. But then you have to be like, well, you have to submit to everything. Right. And then you're like, I hope I don't get it. Yeah. Or you, I don't know, like, hope well, you do get it and you Do I it. know Queen Latifah's voice? Am I going to be able to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to be able to find her voice? <laughs> and you, you do the packet game though? Yeah. I, I, listen, I'm, I'm trying to do whatever. And, and I think sometimes – to my uh, deficit is that I don't have any like specific thing that I, you know, like I'm from the from the jump from our 
I want to be a writer or I'm going right. to do the stand-up thing or I'm right. going to what is do the, this. And so I don't – I just have never had that focus. And what's so, the Vince focus? Because uh, it's interesting. You know, I know you're hilarious and, and like a great guy. And you have that like ham and egg quality, mm-hmm. which is very good for a writer's room and just for a performer. Slice of life I prefer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a vegan and I prefer ham and egg or, uh, because it's just meaning I kind of get you right away sort of thing. What do you see – for like dream of dreams, what would it be? The Vince Averill project? Would it be producing, writing, managing from the side? Would you be the the show about the hardcore scene? <laughs> and you play the the guy that manages a hardcore band? I bet you a show. Look, it's <laughs> it's Detroit and there's a hardcore Look, band just, and you're a little bit older. Don't get anything going until we talk about this again. And I you're wearing some... a green flight jacket <laughs> and you're not racist. We we pan up from the, your laces. And you're out. Hold on the laces. You hold on the laces. <laughs> we're we're uh, and then you want to like manage a hardcore band, and you and and obviously you have to balance that. That that would be interesting. <laughs> it could be. I, uh, I I don't know. I'm, Welcome to pitching ideas to Vince. <laughs> what about that? No, I, it's, that's not my attitude when I say what about that. I'm right. interested because this is a time capsule. Yeah. And then we'll look back, and I just wonder: is it is it like? The hour stand-up special is it staffing? Is it developing? I think uh, I'm I'm interested in trying to write for television. That's yep. that's what I'm interested in doing. Uh, but I also feel like I've been doing this for stand-up for like 14 years, mm. and so maybe I need to put out a fucking record or you know just do something. Right. Because I will say I looked you up on Spotify, and it was just you as a. As a guy, okay, as a profile. That's not to oh, right. put you yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, here's Vince. Yeah, because I was just looking for your I album. I haven't done an album, yeah. And so it's like that's the other thing that I feel like I sh- I need to just put uh, talking about a time capsule. Is yeah, like put some bits down. Yeah, yeah. Put down them bits because you, you also do don't that. have a lot of YouTube. Because I I went from Spotify right. to YouTube. The, like the only thing on YouTube is a getting dug with I. Uh-oh. And I was like, I can't be listening to that. I do that and I can't be listening to myself. On At different times I've had clips and then I'll then I'll you take, take them, them down. away. Yeah. What is the strategy? I don't the know. The strategy? I think that like you constantly want to get better. You're and going for shit. mystique. And it's like, <laughs> all right. You know, I, I, they've seen that or whoever looked at looked Really? It up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is that like a – I wonder if that's like a Midwestern humility or something. You're kind of like, <laughs> it's a little ghost. They've, they've suffered enough. <laughs> to have that up there. It doesn't harm you at all. Let's unpack right. the psychology. Right. Because you're such a sweet guy. I wonder if it's a good thing that you just don't have the convertible huge cell phone uh, Malibu. Uh, sorry, babe. Give me a, <laughs> give me a cucumber water and yeah. then you – Peel out and yeah. explode into cocaine. Yeah, I mean, maybe the the lack of uh, not lack, maybe the abundance of ham and eggness. But there, there's something to be said for for being a dick sometimes. But like, that's it goes back to our three pronged thing. It's, I wonder if the hard work, if we zoom in on the hard work bar, if there's like there's just like grinding it out, which is sure. obviously what I think we mean first and foremost, yeah. like going out hitting the hitting the mics Hannibal style. Mm-hmm. Then you have like what Aziz did, which is like that marketing intelligence. And I'm, uh, I, I applaud that. Like he had that like, who am I? What's the goal? Right. Sort of thing. And a lot of guys had that. Dane had it. Mm-hmm. Gaffigan had it. Kevin Hart, I, I, I've never talked to him, but I'm sure guys like that mm-hmm. are not fucking around and they're like, this is where we're going and, and whatnot. I just wonder what the, what the fibers of that 
uh, hard work thing well, are, and, and are some of them grosser than others? The weird thing too is, and this is a, sort of a sad statement on show business, but <laughs> I, when I started booking commercials in New York, yeah, it was at the point when someone pointed out to me, if you go in the audition and you act like an asshole, you get it. You will you will get a response. And it won't be a negative response. And so I started auditioning that way. Get where was, out of my I wasn't face. being a dick, but I was just like, I didn't give a fuck. I, I give could a fuck. see and then, that. And then they were like, oh, hold on. This guy doesn't give a fuck. You know? And just then, like any popularity contest. It's so messed up. Tell me up. a story. That's, that's McCarthy's thing too, mm-hmm. which he's the best at. I still, when they said, would you shave your beard? For and this? he goes, for this, probably not. <laughs> He's looking thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars in the face, and he just goes, yeah. "No, I'm not shaving my beard." And they loved it. And then the part he gets the part, and the guy has a fucking beard. Yeah. It's the deal with it beard. But he, I was of the I until I started booking, I would go in. Actually, I never, I never booked with this strategy, with mm. the cool guy strategy. I mean, I well, just, tell me what you did. You, just, you lose the please, thank yous. You, you just, lose the please thank yous. You, you're fun. <laughs> you First just, thing to go are the please thank yous. That's that's fucking that's 101 asshole behavior, right? So what are you doing? Putting a cigarette out as you walk in? <laughs> no, but it was just like <laughs> you know, th- just not being, is. you know, some casting directors like, "Okay, you know, uh, let's do it this way." All right. Fine. You know, like just 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 wow. turn turning down. So you were being sweetie patati. I was and then being, one just happy to be there, just yeah. happy to be here. Oh, and then it and was they like, thought it was desperate because sometimes the happy to be here energy can, I'm, I'm guessing, be an indication that maybe this guy on set is going to be like a bumblebee. He's going to be like, oh, oh, free food. Hey, this is the director. Let me look your face. But that obviously wasn't yeah. how I, I mean, yeah, no, my my baseline was just being decent. Yeah, and I didn't think and that they didn't want it. But I, it's that thing of like. You know, someone has to tell someone in this business, like, oh, this person's okay now. Like, yeah. it's okay for you to like them now. And in that same respect, I think it's just like, oh, this guy, he doesn't give a fuck about us. What's going on here? Wow. I don't know. That's that was that's the way it always sniffed to me, man. Yeah. Smelling them. It's like getting the attractive person at the bar to like you. You kind of yeah. – I'm not saying you neg anybody, but – the guy that plays it cool yeah. or the girl that plays it cool. Yeah. Can definitely be the guy who Especially, watches the huge stuffed bunny smash into a wall. Uh, you know, like that's, that's our guy. Yeah. But it's like trying to be friends. A friend of mine has a story about a, a woman who became friends with Oprah. And the way she did it was I'm sure Oprah has no one telling her what she did wrong. Yeah. You know, I'm sure she does like in love. Yeah. But she also doesn't have anybody that's just going to be like, I kind of thought you overshot it there. You know, like you kind of lost him in the last 10 minutes, but you got him back. That's what they say and about Vince instantly McMahon. Instantly friends. What do you that's mean? What, like Vince McMahon is a guy who like no one – everyone's scared of him. If you step to him, if you step up to him, like it almost always ends up in your favor. Like Matt, Matt will tell you like backstage. You know, if you like – because he, he's the fucking – the beginning and end of everything, he signs off on everything. And oh. if you're like, I think this is bullshit. Like, if you step to him, there's many stories of him being like, respect, all right. You see the giant steel <laughs> robot and there's a tiny man with levers and they're like, oh no, this guy's on to us. Up in the tower. You hit the evacuate button and you shit your pants. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's, uh, and also, I, I mean, commercials 
for me. And, and there's certainly people who are. Oh, go ahead. I, well, I had an HR block one that went for a couple years. Uh-huh. I did a, a Pepto-Bismol spot where I was a grill fairy, where I was up on wires. Oh, I saw that. And I ended up throwing up in front of the entire crew. And then we shot this whole second piece on the ground because I couldn't go back up on the wires. And I remember the guy from the agency being like, all right, man, you going to get back out there and do this? Or are we going to – people's jobs are on the line right now. And I'm like, dude, just give me a second. I just fucking – like it was 100 degrees. You're up in those like the wires and this like oh. spandex fairy suit. And I just fucking blew my blue chow in front Whoa. of the entire crowd. I was up on the wires like I needed to come down. And then they like sent me down as soon as I hit the ground. It just blew up. But Whoa. I, was like, I think I was like having a heat stroke or something, you know. But uh, um, That's like Mad and I's story is that like even though we thought it was like big time, our first job. Yeah. We would be up in that battery and that I'll be eating Chinese food and we're like, is anybody <laughs> is anybody going to give us Chinese food? And it's just like take 12, take 13. And we're like, those egg rolls? Those look crispy. Are those crispy? And nobody got a shit. This, uh, this doesn't seem like it's union. Uh. <laughs> Do you I, – I love this commercial talk. I, I'm going to kick myself if I don't remember what did we talk about at the New Year's Eve party – do you even remember? Well, I remember because I remember I was like, "We gotta get that!" Like, like weird shit. You were like, Here's "My the, dad had an eye patch, and my mom was a no, sniper, or I whatever." Like weird shit. I know what you're remembering <laughs> because we were taught you were you were getting intel for Jesse's interview. That's right. So I think what you're remembering is me being like, "Ask about him growing up in a turkey coop." Yeah, Ask him about yeah. the time we saw a UFO. You know, like I think right? it was you those, saw a UFO. Yes, you saw the Dorito. Well, it was it was. Now a- we're gonna have. Don't rush it. <laughs> don't just tell me the punchline. Don't tell me what you saw, because we had Jesse on who didn't seem to want to talk about it. Brother, it was. Now we have. Did Matt see it? Nope. And Who's it- the third? No. So it was me, Jesse Pop, uh, Jay Bois, and Brad Sternagel. Okay, so I've had uh jesse on mm-hmm. so you're number two yes of this quad of comedians yes to tell this story and jesse was not i mean he had a great episode but he didn't pay out very hard okay so let's do everything you're in brooklyn we're in brooklyn a pretty typical friday saturday evening could have been a fucking tuesday who cares we're comedians uh we're hanging out but it was a an instance where i know that we weren't drunk and stoned yet. In fact, we may have just gotten out there to smoke some weed or something. And we're out on this balcony that came off of my bedroom in Jesse and I's uh, Brooklyn apartment. Comforting. It it was a fucking, (laughs) (laughs) it was the, we moved into a place. We got to town. I had no job. Jesse had a job and they were like, we're not giving you shit. We met this broker. He was like, we're going in this room. Don't say a fucking word. Jesse said this. No, no, the the broker. And then they talked in Spanish. And then he's like, all right, sign the lease. And we got moved into this building. Wait, so this guy kind of like finagled a deal for you in Espanol? I think so. Without – because you didn't have a job and you were like, don't worry about it. I was like – Escuche me. I, I cashed out my 401k. I got we We'll be all right <laughs> for now. Yeah. <laughs> so we're living in this box and then there were two equal size um, 
rooms, and then my room happened to have a balcony, which I don't know why he didn't take the balcony. He smoked all room. the time. Oh, he yeah. Just, he was walking through my room to smoke all the time. Yeah. And Annoying. We might have to go into detail on that at some point. <laughs> so we're on this fucking balcony. Why did he come in when you were jerking? <laughs> no, no. But you get the treading back and forth yeah. to a man's bedroom, yeah. full grown man. No, no good. Come on. No good. I need a sealed room guarantee. Yes. Stay out of my shit. Yeah, that's don't basic touch my shit. lizard brain. <laughs> I can't be having sex and sleeping, my most vulnerable positions. Well, you could be coming in, oh, just every time you want a cigarette. Oh, which can be frequent for some. Some, some. if we know about the power of nicotine. <laughs> it's powerful. It'll hook you. So we're on the balcony uh, and all of a sudden, everyone at the same time is going, what in the fuck is that? What the fuck is that? And it was a triangle shape <laughs> and it was rotating. And then on each corner of the triangle was a Wait, so it's solid? It's not three lights kind of no, I mean, I could just outlining t- a thing? It was a thing. I think my my mind gave it the shape because of the, the circles that were at each corner. Oh, I Because I, there was no – I didn't see anything in it. Right. But it was So it, was it might have been three shape. things. Yes. But it felt like it was one thing to me and that the, the circles on each corner were also rotating. But the thing about it was it was moving so unnaturally. That's why I think myself and everyone else was screaming, what in the fuck is that? Because it just was moving like something none of us had ever seen. What do you mean? Like hard right angles or? Um, just the way it was like. It no, wasn't being just, jet propelled. It was just moving. It was just moving and rotating in different ways. And I was just like, I don't know what the fuck that is. That's nothing like anything I've ever seen. And almost immediately it either shot away or disappeared in my mind i feel like it sort of shot away from us and and out of sight very like quick oh oh no three drunk four drunk comedians (laughs) so then we're just like i can't be a bit (laughs) (laughs) we yeah and then we maybe this was like 2007 or something so too fast to swipe up on the old iphone and get the camera going like it was too i think it was before that i think i may have had a sidekick Oh, okay. I don't even think that the iPhone was out yet. Jay Boy. <laughs> Jay Boy. He was your psychic. <laughs> yes. Um, I love Jay He can dictate a text like one. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we were just like – and we may have tried to Google a little bit, but I don't think we ever found that anyone else had seen Seen anything that night that we could locate in our searches, but maybe we weren't on the right message board. Maybe this uh, – this group that's now been revealed as working for the government has some information. Right, because Matt sent that to me. I'm assuming he sent it to a lot of his friends that they had like fighter jets tracking things like this, mm. right? Okay. I mean, did you see that video? I didn't, know. Oh, yeah. They released okay. a classified video oh. of cla- kind of classic UFO stuff where it was like a F-18 or something. Okay. And they're just on the radio going like basically what you guys were doing except they weren't stoned. Here's hoping. And they were just like, oh, shit. What is that? What yeah. a, but they were flying next to it for a very long time. And they didn't include the beginning or the end of the video. Mm. So they didn't have it go like zoom away. But they were like – I remember the, secrecy. the pull quote of that thing was the guy who was in charge of that branch of the CIA was like there are definitely aliens and they've definitely come here. Oh. That's that was his. That was what I read, and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> Sometimes it's interesting. We we confront truths that are. This is why we like wrestling. Sometimes we confront truths 
that are so big that they almost don't fit in our brains. Kind of like the pain of childbirth is so traumatic that it's actually deleted okay. from your brain. Um, and a lot of pain – like you can't remember pain. That's for everybody. Like your brain won't allow you to really remember what pain is. Which I think is why a lot of times a person who has their chest ripped open for surgery mm. then is eating cheeseburgers again because very quickly yeah. you don't – I think it's just easy to not – Yeah, you delete something so big. And the, the, the idea – talk about outer worlds, UFOs and stuff, our inner worlds. You ever get high and just like – realize that there's blood from your uh, that's at your foot and now it's at your head and it's that fast and it does that millions of times a day in your heart it's fucking crazy like everything is overwhelming i try not to dwell that's not dwell. (laughs) i'm not encouraging us to dwell but that's why you go like i've never understood when people are told that they're going to die if they continue a behavior Mm. then continue the behavior but i think we all just kind of go like well i can't think about that i think it goes all the way back to I should work out right now. Exactly. We know what we should do. It's hard to find the will to do it. Yeah. Or the or the tangible that guy better go hit Johnny Omega kind mm-hmm. of simplicity. And that is why we do like I always go to sling blade. Sometimes you just need a guy with a lawnmower blade to hit the abusive husband. Like sometimes it just needs to be like and then I went up and I bashed him in the face. Yeah. And I li- I love that movie so like I I understand that. But sometimes things are so complicated. I think one of the things that is in favor of any sort of secrecy is that a story like that can break. Hi, I'm, I was the head of the CIA and they're aliens mm-hmm. and they visit us. Um, and we go, okay, cheeseburger? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not saying idiots do this. Yeah. I'm saying we all do this. And right. we deny whole novels of truth, just yeah. encyclopedias of things that we know to be true. That's why I think the basics are very interesting. Like, how are you hearing your thoughts? How are you – you know what I mean? Like moving your arms and all these things can really trip you out. You can go real basic or you could go real big and be yeah. like, I saw a UFO. Well, but also what are you supposed to do with that information? It's I like, all yeah. right, well, they they visited us. So what am I supposed to do? I guess if right. some people might build a bunker in the middle of the desert. I don't know. But right. uh, the thing that's more disturbing to me is – So you can emerge in six years <laughs> like doing the circle above your head thing. <laughs> open it up and then there's just giant cockroaches that oh. are like, we came to kill. <laughs> We've been waiting six yeah. years for you. And you get a, a quick sharp leg to the neck. Yeah. Which is better than – you know. At least it's have- the stories of like being abducted. Yeah. That, I don't like, like that's the shit I don't – like if you want to fly around – have at it. Don't yeah. come down and grab me for any experimentation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially from my own balcony. Yes. I'm already suffering enough with clumpy, clumpy hooves mm. coming through my bedroom nine and times that, a day. And the smoke, it doesn't go right away. You know, no, it doesn't. Lingers. When Matt and I lived together, I was like, could you not smoke before I'm awake? And he did. Mm. It was really nice because the smell would wake me up. It's not a normal smell. Mm-mm. Burning leaves <laughs> and paper, that's danger. <laughs> no doubt about it. So what do you take it to mean? Did it change your life or did you delete it? No, no. I, I've held on to it. and uh, <laughs> I got it. I, wa- I would love to, to take another look at some point. But, um, uh, but it, it, didn't, it didn't change anything for me because the other part is like I saw an un- unidentified flying object. I wasn't speculating that it was aliens. Yeah. I thought it could be. I just knew it was something that I had no fucking clue about. It could have been us is what you're saying. Right. 
But now that they're saying there are, you know, maybe this is a better uh, argument for it was alien craft. It does change everything. If there's something <laughs> when the government is saying like, yes, it's like a, it is just a game changer. Like I, I not to force this, but I really do look at it like a religious perspective. Is it's like we have a very earth centric religion system. A lot of them, at yeah. least Christianity is. Yeah, meaning Jesus came here, died for our sins. We're good. Yeah. Uh, and then when you first start considering aliens and other planets, you're like, was there alien Jesus dying for alien sins? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What about the souls of galaxies far, far away? Uh, it, it really broadens the world in such a way that you really have to be like forget other countries yeah you're just like what about other galaxies other other solar systems i imagine the holy spirit's pulling a double in zaxxon 4 or whatever well that's why that's so funny that's why my worldview fits with this i watched like the new alien movie and i was like the understanding of god as awareness is really kind of my favorite definition meaning consciousness because you can go to another planet and there's consciousness. Where can you go in what we know mm-hmm. where there is no consciousness? Right. And that's to me sounds like God. I know some people are like time is God because time is every – that's another way of looking at it. Yeah. But like what are the fundamental binding principles of this experience? Mm-hmm. And to me, you go to the alien planet. There's an alien. Yeah, it's it's using consciousness. It's housing consciousness. Yeah. And it's weird to consider that that might be a piece of God in but a tiger it, or an alien <laughs> that's killing you. Or anything in between. All of the things. It's, uh, it's interesting to me that this is the time that we're learning about this, that the government is saying like there are in fact – It makes yeah. me think something so big is coming that they're like, who cares? Like they well, know we're going to be extinct in five years. To that point though, it's like – it has been a blip on the radar. Sure, it's popped up on Facebook a couple times, but not any more, any less than right. some other bullshit. Right. And it's like, had they announced that 30 years ago, oh, it would have been – who knows, yeah. right? It would like, all be in the desert right now holding bad signs yeah. that say, E.T. Yeah. welcome. And E.T. wasn't even out yet. Making their mashed potato towers, you know? Totally. But I think it's like, well, all right, they're ready for it. We can kick this down to them now because it's because like we with all care, everything else. We don't care equally about everything. Right. <laughs> Although it's <laughs> – Like we've been so desensitized. If you were watching half an hour of TV a week at your friend Buddy's house. Yeah. Or your buddy friend's house. <laughs> yeah. Buddy does. <laughs> buddy does. Yeah. It would be very stimulating to consider this. But if you can watch Ancient Aliens every episode and watch YouTube every – and then they're just like, "Uh, yeah, that's true. You're just kind of like, okay, not churches. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like who cares? We are the guys on the Wally ship that were like, sure, there's miracles, but I have to take a shit. You know what I mean? Right. right. Which is crazy because you're right. (laughs) In a less stimulated time, this would have been something that we would have been up in arms about. But they kind of – I'm not a big they guy, but if there is a they, they know we won't care as much as we used to care. Whether it's they or not, it's like the fact that the existence of aliens isn't even a front page story yeah. says it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's like mm, three or jo- four. I think we can put it on four. It'll be fine. Yeah. You know? I have a joke about fluoride in the water. The government puts fluoride in our water to make us complacent, but I don't care. <laughs> and I'm like, that's it, man. Like we've, But it's not – Fluoride. My yeah. new theory is it's just fucking everything. It's like, uh, give them the internet. They'll be so up their own asses watching like a goat yeah. blow a duck mm-hmm. that will just be like, what's that with the with the tax bill or whatever it is, whatever the – Net neutrality. The net neutrality that's getting <laughs> – passing. 
like you catch yourself I catch myself in more base moments just being like is it going to take away my feed <laughs> and I just mean feed I yeah. mean just like the thing I eat the bag you tie on the bag I tie on <laughs> and the bed I sleep in and the boners I use like, While I'm slaughtering orcs. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Pete's too busy slaughtering orcs. <laughs> We're not going to worry about him. He's not going to fuck with us. He's I, too busy slaughtering orcs. I hope there <laughs> I, I know that there are. Duncan Trussell tells me about meeting these people that all they care about is giving other people DMT. <laughs> It's like like the real I don't I don't mean to make it about the sharps again, but the real the original the OGs of the Burning Man scene. Sure. There are people out there that are still putting kill your television stickers on their cars. Yeah. They're offline. They brag about burning their birth certificates and social security and all that stuff. And all they do is go around trying to be ambassadors for reality. Mm. Like they're trying to be like they're trying to snap people out of it. Yeah. I just just this morning I was gonna say like to Val, I was like, we got to stop watching so much TV because I know she feels that way. Yeah. It's the next hike. Yeah. We know we should go on this hike. But I, I like we still end up – she just got into Mad Men. It's my favorite show. We'll watch like three episodes. That's unheard of. In 1982, oh. we watched three hours of TV and sometimes I go, that wasn't so bad. We only watched three, three of the waking 12 well, or the what, waking 14. What reality are we supposed to snap back to though? What is – Perception is reality, right? And what is what is this? These people who are running around with the the fragments, the ashes of their birth certificates. What reality are they hoping to that they're going to get people to pop back to? The still reality, meaning okay. not stimulated. Who are you when you stop thinking and buying and consuming? I think that's what they're draw, drawing us to. They don't even got a TV. Hi fi, something? No, well, they're just it? out in the woods. <laughs> But I mean like haven't you had or have you had those moments – I know you have – where you're in nature or you're with um, Georgia or you're holding a baby mm-hmm. or you're touching a horse. <laughs> you sure. know what I mean? Sure. I, I mean that. Like I have a memory of touching a horse and just being like, holy shit. This is some real stuff. Or being at the beach. Yeah. Or seeing the sky with or without a UFO where you remember that there's so much more going on here than just the delights of the Matrix. Yes. The Matrix gives us steak and it gives us wine and some people go like ignorance is bliss like in the Matrix. And some people go, well, I think there's a story behind, through and within all of this that we're forgetting. And what's worse is we're forgetting what we've forgotten. So it's like double forgotten and gone, meaning the old way of being, mm. meaning Buddha under a tree mm-hmm. realizing self-realization. Would he have done it if he had an iPhone? I don't know. So these <laughs> folks want to stay in the now at the beach as long as there's DMT. <laughs> Is that what I'm I mean, what are we? <laughs> no, I think they want to stay. Looking into your eyes, I can be at the beach. Okay, that's real. Oh. That's straight George Harrison stuff. Okay, I can look out my window and see infinity. Right. That that's um, I always forget the name of the po- William Blake. I can see all of the cosmos in a grain of sand. Being centered. Being completely present, stepping outside of the illusion of time mm-hmm. and the illusion of filling a hole with more goods and services right. and, and the illusion of your ego, I suppose. Now I'm just lecturing. I'd rather know <laughs> – I turn to my right. There's 300 students. They're bored. Guys, <laughs> um, I, I, this is the, the God part of it. Yeah. Where, how are you – you're in the God part of it. Okay. 
Um, but really, we've been here the whole time. I keep doing it. Where did we go, Vin? God do you is remember the beginning? Here, Let's man. God is here. Uh, but what do you think? Is God here? What is God? What is what? How were you raised? What do you mm. think today? What do you think happens? What is death about? Mm-hmm. Have we been here before? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I we went to church a little bit, Lutheran church, as kids, um, as kids. But that that went away pretty quickly, and it was never like what age? Um, I would think by the time I was in like probably second grade or third okay. grade it was over. Pretty young. But but in that time, you know, we would go to, you know, vacation Bible school and yes. and all that stuff, you know? But uh and then subsequently as a preteen, I would bounce around to whatever youth group was doing the cool shit. So uh-huh. like I was uh confirmed Episcopalian, spent a little time at the Catholic Church. Like whoever was doing cool You're stuff dabbling. at the youth group, I just would bounce around. I'd love it. And do that. Um, but so you were a spiritual whore. I've never. Uh, Y'all have a foam pit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm Catholic. <laughs> I uh, I don't. Uh, what about today? Yeah, I've 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 spent different times of my life thinking different things, and right right at the moment, um, I I tend to go to the place where it doesn't. There is no God. Mm. And that when you die, it's just over. Mm. Um, but it's not. It's not a. It's not a slam dunk for me. Yeah. And I certainly do consider it. Uh, I guess following that through. Oh, go ahead. Finish. More. I mean, I consider it, and I consider it more than when I'm, you know, not feeling well. Because I think when you're not feeling well, or when you're in. That's so funny. You know, sometimes weed turns on me, and I'm. I'm not going to say I'm Mr. Spiritual, but I love spiritual stuff. It's, it's my, most of my time. Yeah. A lot of it. But when things are bad, that's all of a sudden you're calling on someone who you claim to not believe in, right? Oh, you're that's going, interesting. You I'm, know, I'm please, cal- please let this stop. Well, who are you asking <laughs> to make it stop? You know, like, but and so where the, was he when you were getting that blowjob? Right. Well, weren't telling, sometimes he comes in there you too. You weren't you saying know? thank you. <laughs> oh, I just meant during a good time. <laughs> you weren't like, thanks for that. So I, I will consider I will consider it at other times, not just in, in painful times. But I at the moment, I just don't uh, – and, and I think certainly that organized religion has not helped me in the pursuit of of that sort of belief because there's just so much – um, negative that, oh, that sure. comes out of that, yeah, you know, yeah. but it's like loving baseball. And then you get into like the franchise of the major league baseball association. And you're like, that's some bullshit. I totally get it. Um, things are not as they seem. It's funny though. And I'm, I'm just talking this out. I'm not trying mm-hmm. to convince you either way. I think when we consider, cause I was going to say, sometimes I get stoned and, uh, and I'll just randomly be watching something and it'll kind of hit me the sort of feelings and thoughts that you're having, which is, Oh, it's all it's all baloney. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Like, there's a there's an awareness, there's a soul that's separate from this, and I can tap into that part of me that's like, that's just wishful thinking, or that's just fear, or whatever. Um, but a human creation, a human creation, certainly everything is a human creation. What else could it be? I mean, everything's a creation. I don't really know what I mean by that. Here's what I'm saying: is if we follow it through, that there is nothing. It's like – so there is no like miracle at hand other than the miracle of the symphony of synchronicities that led to life on this planet and the miracle of what I call God, which is awareness. Like it just kind of 
happened. Yeah. Like a single-celled organism was feeling around. It developed sight and all that stuff. And I'm like, what winds were behind the sail – blowing into the sail even of the single-celled organism moving? Like what – it's not It's not as simple as like what wound the watch. It's just right. like why is there anything willing to do anything? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> to which some people say maybe that's just the default. You think the default should be nothing. Right. But really the default could be something. Yeah. Well, I, I will say that even in times of disbelief, I do have that little thought of like, I hope I'm making the right call here. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, but I and then I go back to well, rule book states you ask them into your heart, so you're probably covered. But you should maybe you know you you can't just right. like ride that till the end, probably. You know, but it's funny that you say that. That is a game we play in time, meaning. It presupposes the idea of a god, an external god, watching the life of Vince unfold the way that you're watching the life of Vince unfold. Whereas my understanding of God would be outside of time, which is a new realization, even though that's very Christian. That's like in the Bible Mm -hmm. as an idea. But we just didn't spend too much time talking about it. Meaning it's not – you don't binge the life of Vince like we binge The Sopranos. (laughs) Like it's just – it is happening and, and your death and your birth are sort of irrelevant to a yeah. – not irrelevant in a bad way. It's just kind of like all happening to itself at once. Does that, do you want some sure. weed to have this conversation? Well, <laughs> Would you like some mushrooms real quick? Is that allowed? Can we just eat these, wait 45 minutes and then what I'm saying will make sense? You know what I'm saying? Like even the idea of like I hope I'm making the right choices. To me, the concept of God seems so much bigger then right, wrong, right. duality, sure, sure, morality. Sure. And when I – when like sometimes when we think about like bumpy plane and we pray for help, that's fine. But that has so much more to do with our lizard brain and our instincts and these flare-ups of emotion than it does to like right now what's, uh, what's going on. We're kind of getting into that realm. Well, so is there, is there um, some text for you that's beyond the Bible then? Do you think that they, you – there can continue to be books written that oh for sure out the, outline this for you or, oh absolutely or yeah solidify that for you and yeah. I'm not even like a hardcore Bible person right. meaning if there's something that I don't understand I just leave it aside or I disagree with or right. whatever it might be so I'm not like hardcore like that what do you think happens when you croak just oh you already said well, de- lights yes, out except the other the other part of me though that um, I'm like the miracle of out- an afterlife is so similar to the miracle of a life like you came here yeah. why not somewhere else that that sort of logic well, you know you email me Pete. works for me oh you're talking about <laughs> I mean you came out of this world right. to be a part of this world right and that to me is an equal miracle to being somewhere else later well and here's you know sometimes uh, some of the shit I just have made up myself. Like I don't, um, and this is probably not um, uh, the best opinion, but like I, I sometimes think like, well, if you're an organ donor, and then it turns out after you're dead, you need all your organs, then you know, or what if after uh, I'm dead, like you get cremated, and then uh, that was that was a mistake. You needed to have like the Body. the vessel still for some reason. Very Egyptian. So <laughs> <It's> very Egyptian. <laughs> Yeah, so I have I wonder if you the, got that from being a kid and studying ancient Egypt because you're like I not only do I need my liver, both I need eyeballs. it pickled <laughs> so it'll still be good. I got to do the work in advance and to I'm going to need a servant buried with me. <laughs> and he needs to be pickled too. <laughs> because where we're going, brother, they ain't got no vinegar. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's a that's a thought. I I hear that. I don't I I, I love these thoughts by the way. Don't feel like I'm going to dissect what you say. Not even that. I think it's just like it uh, 
as I say it, as I think it, it, it seems a little silly to me. Yeah, but, but it that, is a that's that's the game we're playing. It's all that's what I'm talking about when I'm stoned and I go like, oh shit, it's sand falling through my hands, yeah. which is why I have to constantly study it because. You remember and you forget and you touch it and you're close and you are at the beach or you are touching the horse and you remember these things that there's a story behind this story. Right. And then you forget and that's when nacho cheese happens and maybe Tommy Omega gets smacked in the face. Kenny. Or an orc gets blown up with a barrel. I've had moments playing orc battle. Mm -hmm. I call it orc battle. Where it helps me snap into the truth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I could imagine that happening in a wrestling match too, going like, oh, this is just like – even though this is fake, the fakeness helps me understand that what I'm doing is also fake. Like I go around being like, I'm so mad at Jesse Pop because he woke me up and we're just like, yeah, it's all bullshit, man. Zoom out a little bit. Yeah. We're floating in infinity and we're like, oh, god damn it, walking through my bedroom. That's the same as like, I'll see you at the Megadome. Like – it's all fucking garbage. Or it's cutting an orc and realizing that orc is made of the same pixels as the hero. Yeah. And I'm made of the same atoms as Hitler was. Well, I've also uh, I've also had this experience and it's been many years. But I've, I've had the experience sitting at a wrestling match going like I would not want to be anywhere else on the planet Earth right now. I am – this is so enjoyable. And this is before I drank or did drugs. So mm. I'm just sitting there going like – this is arrived. incredible. Like everything about this to me is incredible. I'm so happy to be sitting here by myself. I, I used to go to matches by myself all the time. Wow. So you're on a government list. <laughs> this guy goes watch men fight alone. <laughs> and they're not even actually fighting. Boxers? No. The pretend fighting. <laughs> oh, the guy in the makeup? Yeah. And the guy with the – But I saw the beach, man, from the second row. That's what I'm saying. Of an ECW These show. are the guys with the DMT. The DMT is actually – Everywhere. It can be in the wrestling show and it can be in the video game. And is that the be- one that takes you to the same spot every time or no? DMT is just a very, very, very strong. Do you know the drug some, I'm talking about? Yeah, though, I think, I think you are talking same about exper- Everyone seems to have a very similar experience. The more research I do, that was the first thing I heard. I haven't done DMT, but the first thing I heard about it mm-hmm. was that. And then the more people that I've talked to, they're like, no. <laughs> but is it also – let me let me clear this up if you've been reading about DMT. Is it that sometimes you take it and then it feels like years? Yeah, that's the one. Okay. See, that's the party I can't. Everybody I know that's done it hasn't had the years. But I would take it with the idea that I might not be back for a few years and it might impact my. Oh, totally. Yeah. It took me a long time to do mushrooms because I was like, I got to go into this positive. Like, I I was, I was like, kind of. No, I get scared it. of them. I get, and it. I was like, "This is going to be bad if I if I'm already in a bad spot." I know, you know, no, and it, and it can be. And the weird thing about DMT is they say it's not a set and setting drug, meaning mushrooms calm down, be with friends, have right. some snacks, play some music, put out some twinkle lights, and get yeah. groovy in that beanbag chair. Yeah, that's mushrooms, and apparently DMT is like uh, wherever you are, and I mean really are deep past your personality. This shit's going to go in there and sew up a blanket. <laughs> like, and you're going to wrap in it. I'm all good. Yeah. On the no, I know. It takes a certain type of courage. And I have a lot of friends that don't see it that way. And I'm in the way that I, <laughs> I'm just tying this back, in the way that I can admire the fact that you just enjoy wrestling, I also admire the fact that they're just like, I inhale the chemical that is released when you die. I do this for leisure. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah. like, but these people are saying it's not for leisure. It's to try. Some of them are. Right. They're saying it's, it's it will, if your awareness 
can go somewhere else apart from your body and have a completely immersive experience elsewhere. Yeah. These people derive the conclusion then you are your awareness housed in your body. Mm-hmm. If you go off and you are a Native American living in a mountain in the in the shade of a mountain for seven years, catching rabbits for your family, uh, then you're you're no more this Vince Averill than you are that okay. Navajo. Okay, and that is the lesson that we take from these things. Okay, I think you know I, you get it from other things. I took MDMA recently, mm-hmm. and I was looking in the mirror, and I was like, you know, getting that sensation that it wasn't scary because. Everything is that, is that Molly or is it's like baby acid? <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's Molly. Okay, because I've done Molly once. It's like that. I, I don't understand people that take it and go dance. I guess I do, but in my experience, it's like a take it and sit and be with it kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And I had that experience where you're like looking in the mirror and you, and you just, in a good way, feel that your face is a mask. In a good way, okay. not the frightening way. And I think it's partly because. Everything that I study and read and listen to is telling me that my face is a mask. And then I take a drug that goes, your face is a mask. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And that's why I don't have as many bad trips because I hope – because the revelations are familiar. Right. I'm like, oh, this is what I was studying. Yeah. Like I am timeless and spaceless and everything and and my ego can die because I know it will come back. I actually had a bit of an ego death on MDMA where I was just like, I don't know who I am at all. And that's the point. And that's what these guys in the woods with the DMT pens are trying to remind you is that you're not your sports – you're not a vegan or not a vegan. You're not a sports fan or not a sports fan. You're not an American or an Indian or a a Pakistani or whatever. You are awareness and awareness is everything Mm -hmm. and that's God. But I mean I don't know. What do you you fucking know? Path Blue Ribbon? Point A to point B for me. I know exactly where I'm going on that trip. It's not a bad little – it's not a bad little (laughs) sip. Yeah, it's very consistent. You don't have a bad trip. Sometimes uh, you sometimes have a revelation. You sometimes you still have a revelation. Yeah, you can. I had booze things. I found booze to be heart opening sometimes. Mm-hmm. My my thing with it though was I was like, once I drank it, I was like, I'm going to drink this every day forever. That I was t- talking to Maddie about it. I was like, it's not a sexy rock bottom, but it was just kind of like, oh, I, I guess I always thought like I can't handle it meant like I was going to like go crazy, put on right. clown makeup, and take a shit in a in a plant. Sure. And then I was just like, no, it can also just mean that you constantly want to do it. Yeah. And then once you get it out of you, you feel better. Yeah. These and other bullshit points I can make. They just <laughs> fade. I just turn into some colorful sand. It's the first podcast that just fades out. It's over. This podcast <laughs> is over. <laughs> do you want to – that got real trip. I smoked weed last night, so I might be a little cloudy. Mm. It doesn't With a chance of meatballs. No. With a no. I no. loved it. No. I loved it. I want your autograph. Here, sign the notes. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. I should have everyone sign the notes. That would make this so much more Sharps. meaningful when we give it away. Sharps, don't forget. Because we talk about um all that cosmic mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. it's better to end on Earth. <laughs> and say, um, can you remember a time in your life when you laughed really, 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 really hard? Yes. Last night. No. Last night. I've never had last night. Last night. I was at the Roost in Atwater Village. The Roost? It's a uh, it's a bar, dive bar. The Roost of James yeah. Franco? No, no. <laughs> I think you're saying a word wrong. It's Franco. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the Roost, <clears throat> and it's uh, a place – it's a dive bar that they also have Thai food. And so I had ordered some – great idea. – dumplings. Get out of my fucking face. And this sounds amazing. There were slices of cucumber, 
and there was like some kind of slaw that was made up of like cabbage and pickles and things. Uh-huh. And on one side of me was my buddy Zach. Zach! And on the other side was Jesse Pop. Pop. And obviously we had had some drinks. Because mm-hmm. you're ordering but a dumpling Jesse at the just roost. Leans, right. <laughs> no, it sounds amazing. It can be. Yeah. It can be. These were pretty good. But Pop just leans over and goes, was that fish or something? Like talking about the slaw, which looked nothing like fish on any level. And me and Gnarly had to be carried out, dude. It was fucking hilarious. <laughs> it was fun. The timing, him, his head pops in. And he's just like, what is that, fish or something? Did you get fish? <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? It was fucking coleslaw. It's taking my anyway, breath away. That's it was funny. so good. You said it at the beginning that the best wrestling matches are simple. And the best answer to this question is simple. What is that, fish or something? <laughs> what is that, fish? What did you get, fish? so funny. <laughs> you actually reminded me because I did get stoned last night and I hadn't been smoking in a long time. And I have this uh, massaging tool. It, it looks like a thumb and has a grip and it's plastic so okay. you can like dig into yourself or others okay. more easily. Uh, it's like a plastic thumb, I guess. Digging. <laughs> I don't know why. For the purpose of digging in? For digging. It's a digging thumb. All right. Not a hitchhiking <laughs> thumb. And brother, it's not a wrestling thumb. No. It is a digging thumb. Okay. And I realized my whole life I thought tickling was this, like tickle, 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 like, like spider hands mm-hmm. coming in for the light touches. Yep, watch out for the armpits. Val really helped me realize that tickling is actually pressure-based. <laughs> it's it's not ticky-ticky. Yeah. It's getting in the armpits like a crab. and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I realize I have this thumb digging tool, and I'm like, this could also be. I think I called it my my tickle tickle something. Okay, I have a stone. It's hard to remember. I was like, yeah. my tickle tool, tickle tool. And then I started going at Val. She's oh wearing an boy. adult onesie. Oh boy, she's zipped up and looking very red, red like a Santa suit. Sure. <laughs> and I'm coming at trapdoor with the oh yeah for the poop <laughs> for the poop shoots you come in there and I'm, I start tickling with her and she screamed a real scream the kind of scream afterwards you have to laugh really loud because whoever heard it right. needs to know we be tickling officer it's a misunderstanding I get it in <laughs> fact I'm relieved you came because that scream is not a good scream. It wasn't comedy scream. <laughs> and I have never heard her scream before or since. Well, it's been 12 hours. Sure. But when I was getting her and she's an involuntary yelp, scream, or vomit. Yep. Very funny. And brother, bring your vinegar. Oh. Because there's none of it in the life to come. <laughs> My name is Vince Abel. <laughs> Vivach Wrestling Podcast, as it's known in Germany. Mm-hmm. Anything else to plug? We Watch Wrestling. Uh, My favorite murderer. We Watch Wrestling Podcast live show in Chicago, March 10th at the okay. Beat Kitchen. Ooh, and I love the Beat Kitchen. WrestleMania week in New Orleans, April 6th at the New Movement Theater. We Watch Wrestling Podcast live. Awesome. Fire and up. three super hilarious guys. Is it safe to say, even if you don't love wrestling, you might enjoy the show? Definitely. Because okay. Tom, I, was, I was like, am I setting you up for a terrible, no. like, no, Pete, it's not like that. Because Tom <laughs> hasn't really watched for very long and, and frankly doesn't really like it that much. And yeah. so he's, he's asking the, the questions that everyone on the outside right. is asking, but it's still fun and funny and I think people – Well, you guys are hilarious. Thank I can't you. imagine it not being wonderful. So go, go see them in New Orleans or Chicago. Yeah. And thank you so much for doing it. I'm sorry it was a year in the making. I appreciate it, man. No worries. Thank you. Would you say keep it crispy? Keep it crispy.
Two, two on the two on the nose. Good. <laughs> the best ones are simple. Uh, I loved it. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Um, thank you. I'm so crispy. I'm so crispy. My ice game make you haters wanna get me.